John, how come you're not wearing your hazmat suit? I'm dead. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, March 11, 2012. Time to get Monation Media Assassination, Episode 3, Niner Zero. This is no agenda. Not letting go of my stolen hour here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we ask the question, what's with this weather? I'm John C. Dvorak. What kind of weather do you have? Looks like it's going to rain. Oh, man. You know, South by Southwest started, and we had had a beautiful week, and the minute everyone came into town, thunder, lightning, nonstop rain. It brought it with them. Nonstop rain, I tell you. I feel, and and I actually, I feel kind of sad. Because you know now you it's feel my town. Sad for the South by Southwest crowd that can afford to just no. give essentially gallivant no. over to Austin to no. party. No, no, I feel sad because I know that uh, rain means less money for uh, the t- for the city of Austin. Ah, yeah, and I, so yesterday we went to. Sure, uh, it doesn't mean more money because they have to go into the bars and and. Drink I more. don't think so. I think that when because they're in the bar, everything happens in the bar. You know, everyone, every company has a deal with the bar. And like the bar, Maggie Maggie Mays. I mean, they've got like five parties, so they they've they've split it up, and they have CNET two days, and they got uh, um, uh, the Dutch. Uh, it'll be the Dutch House, and so you know they're, they're really really smart. And, and by the way, you just walk in, and they're like, uh, "Hey, how you doing? You, you here for? Uh, yeah, I'm here for you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just sign in. You know, so just sign in like." Uh, I am Dan from dildosareus.com. You know, just signed with some fictitious name. And uh, it's free I drinks. I was signing it as D-Duck. <laughs> D-Uck. No, and, uh, and it's free drinks. You know, it's great. It's, uh, everything's, uh, everything's paid for. It's, uh, it's really uh, it's fantastic. It's the American way. Well, and of Socialism course, for the rich, free enterprise for the poor. So we went to the Austin market on 4th, which was very small. Uh, a, because uh, whenever it rains, uh, when it's really bad weather, then less guys uh, come in. Some people drive 100 miles to sell their stuff there. And, of course, uh, there was a lot less parking because some of these parking lots have been rented out for, you know, I know companies like GE with their GE imagination stuff. Who cares? It's all money for the city. I'm happy. And I park. And normally, the parking system here is you park your car, and then there's a, uh, a cabinet on a stick and it has slots. And you look at the number you're parked in, and then you literally fold up dollar bills in the amount of six and shove them into the slot. And so each dollar bill, you know, you push the, the, the previous bill into the slot. And at the end, you've got your last dollar in there. There's a little thing hanging on a cord, and it's like a piece of metal, like a shiv. <laughs> and, you, and you push the last dollar in. That's how we pay for our parking here. And it's six bucks for a whole day. Now, all of a sudden, there's a dude there charging 20. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? He's like, South by Southwest, brother. I'm like, okay. And then you go sit at Halsey and, you know, have a nice cup of coffee. And I was like, it was like hey, would you like some free coconut milk? Uh, no. No, please keep on walking. Hey, man, you know, sign up to Belly Card. Here, I got my iPad right here. Sign up. It's just like you get accosted continuously. I wanted a sticker that says, I live here. Leave me alone. That's what you actually could get. That you could probably that sell I could that probably sticker. sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's. Uh, I live here. <laughs> I live here. Just leave me alone. 
but we recognize each other. So did you go to any of the events? It sounds like you went to at least a couple. Uh, no, not really. Um, well, Miss Molly Wood is here, as you know, and uh, and she came by. And so yesterday we went to see her. She was at, uh, what was the bar? The Thirsty Nickel, I think. The Thirsty she, Nickel? Yeah, the Thirsty Nickel. Wow. Yeah, uh, on the 6th Street, which is clean 6. See, Dirty 6 is where I'd normally hang out. That's the other side of 6th Street, like way other side. And... Um, yeah, just a whole bunch of dudes, you know. And it's funny how how people uh, wear their cowboy boots because they're coming to Texas. <laughs> it's like we don't actually wear that a lot in in Austin. Just so you know, yeah, you're not like blending in with <laughs> <laughs> blending in with cowboy boots with your alligator cowboy boots. It was actually uh, so. I guess the that's for Fort Worth, you people. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the, the 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 bar had been uh, paid for by Second Market. Are you familiar with this company? You should be. Yeah, I. You know, if you named uh, twenty five of the companies uh, that are doing stuff, I wouldn't re- know twenty two of them. Well, you'd know three these of guys. them. I'd only kind of heard of. And then if you if you went back next year and named the same twenty five, I'd have heard of them all because they would all be out of business. Well, Second Market is the company that buys or uh, trades uh, restricted stock of private companies, and oh, they, and, oh, oh, and, yeah, they became, and they became and they yeah they became well known because they are the guys that started trading in the Facebook stock, forcing and, them to go public or else. Yeah, and it was it was kind of weird, you know, because then the CEO gets up and he has a flower point on the on the wall, and he's like, "Hey, are we all excited?" I'm like, "Huh? What? Yeah, no, yeah, free drinks. Yeah, we like that." And he starts going through his whole spiel, and and by, he was dropping an f bomb every other sentence. Ah, he's which, a cusser. Yeah, which you know, in in our show, we drop him from time to time when appropriate. But this is not appropriate. It's like it's yeah, it's he's a guy selling stocks. He sounded was he trying to sound like a truck driver or a gangster it's very much, or a I, mobster? No, I, hip. No, doesn't make me get, have any confidence in his I company. Was, I think he was trying to sound hip, and then he's so he's trying nothing hip about cussing. No. Well, he's trying to make a point. Uh, and he's and he's saying, does anyone here know what high frequency trading is? And his point is going to be that the stock market doesn't care about you if you go public and that, you know, your your stock is basically 60 percent of all stock is traded uh, by computers. And so he's he's like, hey, does anyone know? So he has to get into this whole thing of telling you why it's great to work with them. And I'm standing way at the back. And he's like, does anyone know what high frequency trading is? And, and, and it's like like crickets. Because all these people, really, just, nobody in the audience knew what it was. Well, then I yelled out or from they the back. Didn't bother to raise their hands. No, I, I yelled out from the back. It's a scam. <laughs> He's but like, were you talking about high frequency <laughs> trading or second market? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he said, "Yes. Well, what's the? Let's look at a more technical explanation." I'm like, "Okay, it's yeah, whatever." Scam. Yeah. So anyway, so tonight there's uh, we. So you're ha- just there to kibitz and heckle. yes, yes, heckle. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. Um, and then uh, I guess tonight uh, we're actually going to, because, you know, this thing doesn't stop, right? I, I think after. It's, it lasts for about two and a half months. Yeah, exactly. I think after Tuesday, that's when the music part is. And I'm kind of interested in that. So, you know, it is kind of cool. There's lots of, uh, you know, there's lots of local musicians who are playing for free all over the place. And we wound up the uh, you know, that night, we wound up like some party thrown, thrown by a Russian girl. But this is like real Austin uh, a and Russian girl? Yeah, there seems there's a huge Russian and Polish contingent in Austin, and they're interesting. It's like a guy comes up to me, like a little mousy guy with like a, a '70s uh, zoot suit on. He's like, 
Hello. Hey, hey you. He's like, I'm... I like your hair. <laughs> like, my name is Johnny Feelgood. I'm an artist and I make movies. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I'm in the right town. Johnny Feelgood. You look at his website, jfeelgood.com. Cool. Is that actually there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Johnny Feelgood. He's cool. These are the real dudes. So anyway, so tonight I think we're, uh, we are going to hook up with Molly. We're going to check out the CNET party because we've been invited. And I've also been invited to the Rack Space party, which is right across the street. We're not partiers. Obviously. The fine art of Johnny Feelgood. <laughs> Johnny Feelgood kicks it, man. He makes interesting art, actually. I like what he does. Yeah. He'll buy some then. Maybe. Anyway, in the morning to you, uh, John C. Dvorak. Uh, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and all the ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air from uh, northern Silicon Valley. Yes, and uh, in the morning to all of our uh, live stream listeners, human resources they are, all of them, every single one of them, and they're in this chat room at noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. Good to see you guys there, all charged up and ready to go. And, uh, of course, this morning uh, I awoke... With the feeling that the apocalypse had uh, descended upon us as it was dark. I'm like, okay, that's it. The, the sun will not rise today. And of course, this is because uh, we lost an hour for no apparent good reason. And we discuss this twice a year, at least every year. And it still makes me mad. Well, it got, it, what's interesting to me is that... Hold on a second. Oh, I changed it. Um... My XP machine that I do the show on mm -hmm. refused. It apparently never got the right update or something. It refused to jump ahead. Oh, really? Yeah. What uh, the other operating machine, system the, the are you Vista machine, which I write on, which is a different computer. Yeah. Uh, it jumped ahead no problem. Huh. So I was disconcerned by but that. But what uh, operating system are you running on the Bogative machine? The Bogative machine is XP. No, but what operating system? Windows XP. Okay. Sorry. I mean, you think it'd be more a operating system thing than a? Yeah, it would be the operating system. Yeah, that's what it is. Somehow yeah. XP didn't get the the word <laughs> because they changed it. You know, last year, if you remember, the yeah. Year before. Oh, I know they change it all the time. And why, John? Let's why? move the date up a week. Yeah, let's just do why? that. Why? Really? Why? why? Because uh, we can. We can. So I remain of the opinion that this is only for good for one thing and one thing only is just to get us all to do something together. It's a training exercise. That's a good theory. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. I can make them do now. <laughs> Stupid idiots. I'll make them change their clocks. <laughs> Who is this person that you're supposed to be? This is a cross between Kissinger and Brzezinski. Kissinger was on uh, Fareed Zakaria. She sounds Zikari. more like Hillary. Kissinger, he's really... He's really... He's really good. Farid, it is very good to be here on your show as always. Not possible for yes, you to talk. Yes, Iranians are no good. <laughs> that was his sure, message. That's highly entertaining to everybody listening in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am very happy, though, John. I feel that we um, appropriately and properly equipped... Our uh, listeners, as you know, we call them all producers, but they still are listeners. I think we equip them properly for the onslaught of Coney, phony Coney, that pretty much commenced right after we wrapped up the show on Sunday. It was unbelievable. CNN was taking this bogative message to such heights 
that every hour the view count would increase by 10 million. It was literally <laughs> 50 you know, million, 60 million, 70 million. That view count seemed a little uh, odd to me. I think oh, yeah. it was, uh, I think it had been botted. Well, you know, who even says that the view count is not bogative by definition? No, it could be. I, I mean, it's possible, but I think yeah. it could have been botted. Let me just make a call. Uh, I call. like it. That's my new term, by the way, botted. Botted. Okay. So let me, but uh, they did let up. Well, actually, I have three little clips. Uh, so let me play the CNN clip where they bring in Barbara. Now, Barbara is the horse face who is the Pentagon shill. She has her own little studio there at the Pentagon, and she just sits around twiddling her thumbs until someone says, Hey, say this. Oh, okay. And, but she's old, so she looks kind of authoritative. authoritative. And she spilled the beans, I have to say, on what this whole Coney thing is about in the following flash news report from the Pentagon. Barbara, to talk about that, because uh, Barbara, as we know, the president sent about 100 military advisors to Uganda in uh, just in back in October to help the local forces hunt down Kony. Uh, are they making any progress? Well, they are on the ground now uh, in a number of locations, Suzanne, some very remote areas. Uganda, as David pointed out, the Central African Republic, South Sudan, about 100 troops working as trainers and advisors. Uh, but the areas sometimes are quite unsettled, so they're combat equipped, but their mission is to help these African military forces go after Kone. Uh, this is a result of some congressional uh, laws being passed, some action in Washington to try and pressure some progress to get this man now listen to the word she's using here some congressional laws some things you know to get some action that's basically hiding the truth when that's something you don't need to know about that just focus on coney who is responsible for some of the worst atrocities on the african continent i would just very quickly point out though there is a broader u.s military strategy at work in africa ah. uh oh, they worry that these yeah she blew it there what be quiet you stupid idiot don't say this kinds of groups are very destabilizing from somalia across north africa all the way into nigeria in the west there are Al-Qaeda groups, Al-Qaeda affiliates, Al-Qaeda! and some of these uh, yeah! thugs and terrorist groups. Thugs and terrorists and Al-Qaeda and thugs and terrorists. Like Joseph Coney, it leads to destabilization. It leads to terrorists being able to move into these areas and take advantage. That's kind of the broader mission that the U.S. military's on. Train and advise the African militaries. And then move in and establish AFRICOM, which is exactly what we said. So she's kind of spilling the beans, which I was surprised uh, she almost almost gave us some fair reporting there. The, the Guardian, uh, the Guardian actually received an email from the State Department. Uh, well, I guess they, the Guardian pretended to ask a real question. Uh, and their real question was how long the U.S. will continue to operate uh, militarily in Central Africa, Africa. Uh, it came back, quote, we cannot say specifically how long advisors will remain deployed, but this is not an open-ended commitment. No, we're regularly reviewing the advisory efforts to to assess whether it has whether it is having the intended impact and whether we should continue the deployment. The State Department added, over the last several years, hundreds of thousands of people around the world, especially young people, have mobilized and expressed concern for the communities in Central Africa placed under siege by the LRA. We greatly appreciate their commitment to draw attention to the LRA's atrocities and help those affected communities. So we know that uh, nothing has really happened uh, for the past six years.
And it was I was um, happy to see that this girl uh, who um, grew up in Uganda, has family in Uganda, posted her own little YouTube clip. And I want to play an excerpt from that. Very nice. She's probably about uh, 17, 18 years old. And someone sent me the link uh, to her YouTube uh, webcam video. And I always talk to my brother who's never left Uganda. And my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, both of them still live in Uganda as well. And every single time that I have been there, and I usually stay there for months at a time, not once do they ever mention Kony. So why are they making it seem like Uganda is one big hellhole because of Kony? <laughs> Isn't she good? Because it's not. It's not. So this video isn't really giving you the correct information. So before you go out and you're like, stop Kony 2012 and change your Facebook profile yes. picture and make all these tweets about Kony. You should probably educate yourself. Thank you. It gives me hope for the world when I see this. Well, I do have a note here from uh, my economic hitman who writes in every so often. Oh, okay. Uh, who uh, claims he was with USAID for years and now he's with, I don't know, someone oh, else. Oh, wait a but, minute. You got you to gotta know. This is crazy. Usually I, I get all the stuff. I have a personal economic hitman. Very nice. Like you yeah. have your personal producers that keep sending yeah. you cool stuff. Encrypted that they never stuff. Send to me. Yeah, good. I'm glad you got some cool stuff to share. I appreciate your take on the Coney viral video having lived and worked in Uganda. The, uh, the thing is that uh, what I saw and lived in the street of terror during the Coney uh, administration while working there, he's not at rest as was suggested, and continues to hold sway over the reason or the region. I also agree that Mo Seven Nee, the, yeah, the president, president of Uganda, is a dictator that the USA supports through aid programs, but the USA has been doing that long before any oil was discovered there. The USA has been working to reduce the prevalence of AIDS, blah, blah, blah. They've also uh, been working on education, economic development for 30 years. So Adam believes that oil is the driving force, and I totally disagree. For the longest oh. time, I've been hoping that the USA would take pity on Uganda and send troops to help Ugandan forces and find arrest and kill Kony. Uh, I've decried <laughs> the fact that Africa never mattered enough to uh, previous presidents to do anything. I was opposed to the war in Iraq oh. and slight supportive of our incursion into Afghanistan. And he goes on with his anti-war rant. Are you rant. kidding me? I'm just telling you what he read, wrote. Uh, but he says, Coney, like the former taxi driver who became the dictator in Liberia, needs to be hunted down and sent to trial. Then he says, but he did, this is the thing that's kind of interesting. I was thinking about you three weeks ago when I was in Malawi, where the Chiners have taken over an exchange for oil drilling rights in Lake yeah. Malawi. They're out of control building government buildings and the president has come out against the USA and is now trying to get rid of the USAID and DFID, which is the British version of, uh, of USAID, so uh -huh. they do it too. Uh, he's created an artificial shortages and has run out of hard currency. They are trading butter for petrol with neighboring countries. Anyway, uh. Adam is always correct and this time he was a little off Says okay. All right. Economic all right. Hitman. So economic hitman. First of all, John, you need new friends because now the psyops is all over you. Uh, the CIA has been in Uganda since 1967. And I and that is a fact. And I have personal knowledge of that. The CIA has been in Uganda since 1967. The British, of course, took over Uganda early. And it has not always been about oil. It has been about an incredible wealth and minerals and other great God-given uh, God gifts to this earth that have been extracted from 
Uganda. But of course, this is also about Sudan. Uh, the CIA has been very close with Sudan for decades. In fact, in 2005, um, the CIA uh, tightened um, their uh, ties with the Sudanese intelligence. And th- that is most definitely about oil. Um, so I don't understand why he's saying all of that. But the one thing I will agree with is this in to a large degree, to a large degree, and I have some other examples of that, is about getting the Chiners out. We are still at a, in a big proxy kerfuffle with the Chiners. We're just trying to block them wherever we go, wherever we go. For example, I just figured this one out because a, uh, a note came over the transom about, um, well, here's the, here's the headline. Key pipeline safe despite Myanmar fighting, says China. I'm like, huh, Really? Turns out the Chiners started building a pipeline the end of 2010. The, uh, but there's, there's a group there, which I'm sure is uh, soon to be deemed, uh, what should we call them? Al-Qaeda? Al-Qaeda in the Myanmar province or something? Uh, Myanmar so, pro- We'll call them Al-Qaeda. AQ, uh, a- uh, AQ Burma. A-I-M, Aquim. Yeah, Aquim. There we go. Give them a cool little name. The Aquim. And this, of course, explains why clippity-clop Lucifer Clinton all of a sudden shows up in Myanmar because he wants to block that pipeline. And making this is what this is how she does it. She goes up there, hey, you know, that pipeline, you know, I don't think it's such a good idea. We're going to have to, we're gonna have to get the uh, Karachi Independence Army, all uh, Kachin Independence Army all fired up and we just might have to blow up that pipeline. You watch. You watch. This is going to happen. And this is a big deal, this pipeline for the Chiners. Because they're basically, they don't have any direct routes. And it's, it's just wherever we can block them, and, but hopefully at the same time turn around and sell them our uh, oil and gas or our, uh, the ones that we control through the pipeline, such as the, uh, the Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, uh, India pipeline, we'll do it. And I mean... Well, I don't know. Why would we be selling the Chinese oil at all? They have the third or fourth biggest oil company in the world. Yeah, Petro China is huge. Yeah, but they don't they don't have oil, do they? They import. Yeah, it. they got they got lots of oil. They got they got as well, much coal as we do. So well, they then got why plenty do, of energy. Then why do they need the pipeline? I don't know why they need the pipeline. You better figure that out. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter because all of this is irrelevant. Because we don't need to watch the news. All we have to do is listen to the wise words. Who is the wisest woman in America, John? When she says something, everyone stops dead in their tracks because she said it, therefore it's so. Who could that be? Erin Burnett. Very close, very close. But I'm talking on a global scale. This woman is so Oprah Winfrey. Ooh, no, it's prettier. Hotter. Uh, Hotter than, uh, huh. Come on. And, And actually has influence. Oh, she's oh, very oh, Angelina Jolie. I don't think I know anybody that doesn't hate Joseph Kony. And anybody who works in, in the international field has been aware. And I've been to Uganda and, and, um, and Congo and been to the International Criminal Court myself and spoken with, um, uh, you know, with the chief prosecutor about the case. And he's the one that we all want to see in jail. The group who made the video, Invisible Children, have come under fire from skeptics who say it twists the story and suffers from factual inaccuracies. But Angelina says the bottom line is that Coney is a terrible person 
and the more people know it, the better. He, he's, he is, he's an extraordinarily horrible human being. Who, who, um, you know, his time has come, and it's lovely to see that, that young people are raising up uh, as well. <laughs> he's a horrible person. Nobody, I don't know, anybody doesn't want him dead. Oh, That's literally what she so said. Can you imagine? She says, "I've been to Uganda. I've been to, really." She, she she like lands at the airport and goes roaming around. Yeah. And gets a cab yeah. and stops at the store. That's I right. Doubt it. That's right. And I got an, um, a radio spot. A t- I'm sorry, a television commercial sent to me from one of our producers in South Africa. As China's everywhere. Remember that we've got uh, uh Big oil strikes off the um, off the coast there. We've got the, from Djibouti all the way down to South Africa. And, of course, we're everywhere. And he says, this is how the slaves are being programmed in South Africa. This uh, commercial, this audio, was played during a rugby game on television. In 1883, our pioneers from the north gave the world a blueprint for success. Many have said that we have since deviated from it. What they do not realize is that we are forging a new one. Here a comes. new world order is on the rise. 129 years in the making. A new world order is on the rise. They're being programmed down there, dude. Well, let's take a look at the what is this 129 years reference? I don't know. That I don't know. That I don't know. Well, that's the first thing that caught my attention. Yeah, I mean, why so specific? It wasn't well, like 100 years, just, 130 years. 129. So that puts it at what year? Let's just uh, put that into the book of knowledge and see what pops up. 129 years of American labor, uh, civil war. Where civil war? No, Denver's Mount Vincent, home for children, 129 years, Knights of Columbus, maybe after... And maybe that's it. <laughs> the Knights of Columbus are taking over the world. Let me just uh, type in... Oh, okay. Darwin died 129 years ago. Here we go. Here George we... Marshall was born 129 years ago, the Marshall Plan. Scott John Ross, who was African hero to be honored 129 years after his death. Well, it could who, be. Who was that? Who was John, Scott John Ross? 129 years ago, the Battle of Rourke's Drift was fought. Ah, you found it. South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Small number of British soldiers successfully fought off an attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, he achieved hero status when the settlers at Port Natal were struck down with sickness and lacked supplies and medicines to survive. And that doesn't sound like it, does it? Well, it's a mystery. But I'm sure I'm 29 years ago to this day, Rourke's drift down on the British soldiers off an attack by between 3,500 and 4,000 Zulus. Yeah, that's exactly those those spear chuckers. I tell you, popular myths surrounding games that they mostly Welsh, but only 11 percent were most of the soldiers were in the first. And so I don't believe this can't be it. When were the, the Boer Wars? Gives a crap. When were the Bo- the Boer Wars? That wasn't 129 years ago. I don't think so ago, either. Sure. That doesn't sound like, uh, it sounds like more like 60 years ago. So I seen it was. That was uh, the Boer Wars was, uh, well, hold on a second, 1880. Maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah, 1880 to 1881. I think that's, I think we've struck it, John. It was the Boer but, Wars. But why has that got to do with the New World Order? <laughs> I don't, shut up, accept it, and watch the rugby slave. What's your problem? 
Don't be questioning things. Just take the mental programming. But that seems like uh, that seems like it would be it. If you take uh, 2012 and subtract 1881, you get 131. So yeah, that I guess the the Boer Wars that could be it. I found it. Ah, on a crackpot site. <laughs> Curry.com was born in 1760. Hitler was born in 1889. The difference, 129 years. Napoleon came to power in 1804. Wait a minute. Hitler Wait a minute. 1833. The difference, 129. Wait years. a minute. So let's go back to this spot for a second. So they're sta- saying what started 129 years ago is finally becoming the new world order. So they're basically saying. With our great leader, Adolphus Hitless, <laughs> the New World Order was born? Is that, is that, is that your theory? Because I'm Napoleon liking it. Napoleon entered Vienna in 1812. Hitler entered Vienna in 1941. The difference, 129 years. I think we have a new donation amount, 129er. It is a very magical number. Let's listen to the spot one more time. In 1883, our pioneers from the north... Gave the world a blueprint for success. Okay, in 1883. Yeah, we missed that. Yeah. Many have said that we have since deviated. But from the north. Germany is to the north. Uh, So is, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Is that we are forging a new one. A new world order is on the rise. 129 years in the making. The Six Nations. Exclusive to Supersport. Proudly brought to you by Saskin Bank, a partner. Oh, I see food. what they're really talking about. In yeah. January in 1883, the Ontario Rugby Football Union became... <laughs> it was oh. more. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I got it. There you go. That's <laughs> it. Some rugby right. or some, something like that. I think it's, a, I think it's a, a mystical, magical number, though. I think it's very important. We need to, we need to keep that one... Uh, all decoded, yes. Keep it alive. Very nice. So anyway, uh, very good. Uh, stay on it. Uh, and I just got, you know, at a certain point, I actually almost got mad, man. You know, like Don Lemon was bringing in kids with their faces cut off on you know, live. And, you know, it's like, ugh. yeah, well, you could. OK, ugh. it was just like anyway. On that note, we should yeah. probably thank some executive producers. Yeah, but it is all about uh, AFRICOM and you'll see more of this word popping up in the, the vernacular of the media and how important it is because, of course, uh, it's just like Al-Qaeda. It's just like Al-Qaeda. There's thugs and terrorists and all kinds of horrible people there. Horrible, horrible, horrible people. And that's so, nothing to do uh, with the Chiners. Nothing to do with... Don't look over here. So uh, we got a couple of good donations this week uh, for the as executive producers, including one anonymous one for 2012. Now, is this a... Uh, uh, we have a knighthood for that, don't we? The, is this the first uh, 2012 knight? Yeah, it is. It's uh, also we, he doesn't want to be t- talked about, and he's got nothing to say. And it's not about the Dave Matthews challenge. Yeah, because you asked him. Uh, specifically. I specifically asked him about that because I'm, you know, don't want to say, don't want to throw away a good anecdote. No, and and so, I have to say, um, I'm actually surprised nobody, no, nobody called you on that. Nobody, on the, no. on it. Um, I'm very happy because what this means to me, John. Is that there are people, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars are thrown away at worthless, compromised initiatives like public television, public radio. Seriously, worthless. 
and compromised and just completely bogative. And the same people who I'm sure contribute to outfits like that are waking up and are being exposed to our no agenda program. And they're saying, you know what? I should put my money where my mouth is. And I think this is this is the first example I've seen of this. Is is this not the biggest donation we've ever received received in uh, one shot? One shot basis, one shot I, deal? I believe so. Yeah. And he wants to stay anonymous, which means he he doesn't want to get his head blown off for doing it. So this is good. I would assume by his wife personally, but I didn't ask. <laughs> is, does it matter? We get more guys who write him. You know, don't say anything. My wife will kill me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not understandable to me because I think women. Um, grok I think we have a higher quick. number of women than we actually would like to think we have. Yeah, because it's you know it's a, most of these shows, you know, most of this stuff because it's, I don't know a lot of women just don't get in the podcast generally, but I guess some do. Anyway, onward. Um, Alan Thompson from New Carrollton, Maryland, uh, came in with thirty three thirty three, looking for some karma for his new project. Just finished the new award year release, hard and difficult new release. And he never says quite what it is. Um, but anyway, he wants some karma to sure smooth the release. Uh, and since there's so many donations for the show 333, he thought there was a, he wasn't properly de-douched during that show where we had all those donors. And so he needs a de-douching karma combo. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. There you go. A proper and de-douching. Can, uh, in the chat room, you can congratulate him. He's East Coast boner. <laughs> okay. says, it was nice to meet you. He apparently ran into you in the Hot Pockets kickoff event. You know, by, by the way, how's it coming for the Hot Pockets uh, 2008 tour? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ryan Showalter in Fresno, California, 32567. 32567. Uh, no Agenda Karma works, he says. My girlfriend put on a donation and put a donation on my name for last Sunday's show on behalf of her anniversary. And two days later, I received a surprise $500 bonus on my paycheck. I was absolutely floored. Isn't it lovely when it works? To keep the karma flowing, it's pretty weird if you ask me. But it seems to have, we got all these stories. We should accumulate them into one giant website. Here's a sizable chunk of my bonus, which is a good chunk, I Thank might you. add. Yeah. Thank you uh, for all the extremely hard work you guys put into every show. Look forward to every episode. And he needs a Hot Pockets Karma, if you can give him one. Yeah, of course I can. Hot Pockets. You've got karma. That's very kind. And that is sharing the love and uh, boomeranging the karma back. I love it. Philip Flick in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which uh, you drove right past. $300. Uh, Brewer Phil here wanted to let you know uh, the last dozen shows or so have been great. <laughs> I want to update you that the karma worked. Huh. Another karma, another karma worked story. This is yeah. karma worked week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm now in- public television, you get a freaking tote bag, okay? <laughs> Here, you get bonus checks, you, and, you get laid. He, here's what he got. He what? now got engaged. <laughs> no. His lovely fiance, Brittany. Is that karma? Is this good? I would like to ask for two things. We hear a lot about John's wine and whiskey picks, but he never talks about beer. Lagunitas IPA. I would want to know what beer John enjoys. Lagunitas IPA. Also, could I get a Huntsman de-douching karma so I can find a new job that pays the bills? I'm looking forward to beer and wenches at the knighthood finish line. <laughs> B- 
Beer and wenches. Okay. If you don't mind, I'll do a... Uh, so he wants a what? He wants a huntsman dedouching. I'll do dedouching huntsman karma, because that kind of will kind of sound yeah. better, I think. All right, here we go. You've been dedouched. You've got oh. karma. A new combo. And we'll talk about the, uh, the, the uh, huntsman thing in a minute. Really? Nick Kosterman's in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. $200. He's our associate executive producer. Uh, hey, John and Adam, second donations toward my knighthood. Be uh, I can't imagine how I never thought to look beyond all the bogative messages in the media. I found that the critical analysis of pipelines and political motivations invaluable to me. I'm almost done university. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing for? Is I'm almost done university. <laughs> Only a Canadian <laughs> must, be a, must be a state college. <laughs> I'm almost done university, and currently I'm talking a globalization and technology, taking a globalization and technology course where I use info from the show to blow the minds of all the mindless media consumers in the course. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd like a Huntsman Karma combo for my ITM 800 group to get our project done on time so we can graduate. Yes. I'd like to call out the Canadian Conservative Party as a bunch of douchebags. Douchebags. Their wasteful new legislation for the war on drugs. Eat a dick, Stephen <laughs> Harper. You're a shill. All right. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt right there. You've got karma. <laughs> Yeah, I was say for some reason I wind up saying that a lot during the day. Well, so we got a note from someone. Uh huh. Did you get you got the note, didn't you? I don't. Uh, what? The, oh, the hapu tadi ching ching note. Yes, I did. Yeah. Says you you can't even come close to it, and the thing is bogus. And he's been in China for a long time, and I don't know. This is a kind. Of, I told him that we got notes from people in China. It's he's a, in China too. Yeah. That say this. It's fine. Yeah. So now I don't know. I'm completely befuddled. I don't know either. Well, maybe I'll have to ask the economic hitman and he can give me the list. I'm not trusting your economic hitman that much. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at much. these things as messaging. I think the whole thing was about getting the note out about Malawi. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. So it was hit, it was an encoded message. Encapsulated. Yeah, you, you've seen those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've discussed them <laughs> off air. Indeed, we have. <laughs> We well, get these messages, yeah. you know, it says one thing, but the real message real, is something really else. Means something they, else. And usually we don't act on them. We just, just sit at home where it's, where it's safe. Well, uh, whatever. So we, so uh, we of course, uh, highly appreciate the support from our executive producers, uh, Anonymous, uh, Alan Thompson, uh, Philip Flick, and our uh, associate, oh, Ryan Showalter, and our associate executive producer, Nick Kosterman. Uh, this is fantastic. It is beautiful to know that you appreciate the work, and it's changing your life. And we had a couple of karma success stories in there, which is great. So we uh, would like you to uh, continue to think of us and to support the program by going to Dvorak.org slash You can also go to ChannelDvorak.com slash N-A, NoAgendaShow.com, and NoAgendaNation.com. Where uh, also we should mention Eric's put up a... Uh, he has a new project, uh, Mayancoin.com. Mayancoin.com, which I have to say, uh, it, it, I, look, hope, I hope he advertises it to send it out to the general public because the whole thing's in Mayan, but on the backside, unbeknownst to 
normal public. It's actually says crackpot and buzzkill in some sort of in Mayan. In Mayan with two jerks on there. <laughs> it's actually quite funny. It's a beautiful coin. I've not, uh, I do not have one in my possession, so I can only go by what I'm seeing. Yeah, I think that. it's been manufacturing right now, but it's the best design he's done. I would say, uh, you, uh, and if you use the code Mayan coin, that uh, shipping's free. And, oh, really? Believe. It's yeah. like $44.44. And I got a note from a, a military guy. Uh, he said, you know, all our wives here at the base, they're always whipping out their coins. I need a challenge coin for no agenda. I guess he's a newer listener. So you can go to MayanCoin.com. Uh, people will be, well, they will be floored when they see this thing. They're like, holy crap, what theater did you get that from? What battleground? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? I got my challenge. Go, what? Yeah, it was the, and by the way, it expires at the end of this year along yeah. with you. <laughs> it's our last chance to dance challenge coin. We also got a couple of uh, cool domain name forwards, which I uh, always appreciate. You can find those uh, in the show notes at uh, 390.nashownotes.com. Coney2012bullshit.com. Which uh, might be a, <laughs> might be a good one to tweet That's out to your friends. That's a good one. Should use it. Yeah. Well, also one of our producers, and I, I tweeted this link. Uh, he did like a 14 minute video, a YouTube video, and this guy, uh, Arsonomics, is his YouTube name. Uh, he does. I like what he does. He takes the audio from the show, and then while we're talking. He actually surfs through the web and all the stuff we're talking about, and he gets in the show notes, and he clicks on the links. And so you, it's kind of like a multimedia presentation. It's so hip that way. Um, and uh, so maybe uh, we can point Coney2012bullshit.com towards that. We have another uh, forward to noagendashow.com. Thisisyourgovernment.com. So I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I hadn't, wouldn't expect that to be available, actually. I was actually surprised by actually I was surprised by Mayan coin being available. Yeah, another good point. How did that work? Yeah. And then uh, probably the best uh, or the funniest one, although completely useless in practice, uh, forwarding to our noagendashow.com website, due process is not judicial process.com. Yeah, it's funny. But of course, completely useless because people can't remember it. Yeah, it's a little long, yeah. but it's funny. Yeah. It's humorous. It's good for a one quick gag. It is. So we appreciate all of that. We appreciate uh, all of the work. And, of course, you can always do something very important. Just go out, bring more people in, and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave, and change your clock. So did you note that uh, Lois sent you a note about uh, yeah, I, I the just, uh, I, alien probes of women who are pregnant or whatever yeah, it is? is? I guess it's... But this, this, is, this was news two weeks ago. I don't understand why. And it's not really a no-agenda topic. I yeah. you know, to me, it was like, huh, really? Yeah, okay. Do you feel it's a no-agenda topic? Well, I, it is kind of old because it, it came up... Uh, well, explain to people what it is then. Well, this was it wasn't the guy in Virginia, the governor there. This is what it became news. Yeah. It was already yeah. done in Texas. Yeah, I don't know when, maybe a year ago. For all I know, they have uh, they're just to dissuade people from getting abortions. This is the Christian right. They've uh, instituted. Well, if you're going to get an abortion, you have to first get tested with this. You know, they probe make, you, do they an ultrasound, shove, shove a probe up your uh, vagina. Yeah, boom here, and. Uh, 
No, it, it, let it me. Just, okay, like you're doing a, a horrible job. The fact that Texans, the Texans buy into you're, a you're lot doing of a horrible stuff. job. So, what it is is a law that uh, exists in Texas, and if you want to get an abortion, then uh, by law you first have to go to the doctor. They probe you with an ultrasound device, um, which uh, I guess I. Uh, I mean, when Christina, when Patricia was pregnant with Christina, it was never a vaginal probe, but okay. So it is, apparently. And they make you watch the ultrasound and listen to the heartbeat, then go home and think about it for 24 hours. So neither of us are qualified to speak about this because, A, we don't have a vagina. You know, it's like... And uh, I think the whole thing is abhorrent because the the government, no government has any business in meddling with you whatsoever in this regard. So I, but there's nothing else I can well, say I about Republicans it. Republicans are into meddling with the public, it seems yeah. to me. By the way, thank you, uh, Citizen Robert. Uh, hey, Citizen. Hey, Citizen. From San Antonio, 129years.com. Now forwarding to noagendashow.com. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> just now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. 129years.com. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is a good one. We should we should do a special donation amount. 129er. It's a good deal. So, uh, but you know, I mean, I, I like Lois a lot, and I know she tries to help us out, but like, who cares? I mean, this is, it's idiotic. The people running our, our country are completely insane. What do you expect? But it's not just Texas. And Austin is not Texas. And this is true. This is like Paris is in France. Uh, well, and I think more typical of a story about Texans would be uh, that Apple is opening up uh, an office here, an office or a store. No, no, no. They're uh, they're, they're oh, going to yeah, hire people. Yeah, they're, they're Austin is the high tech uh, uh, nexus of Texas. I was reading the release and it was like you know they're talking about three hundred fifty million dollars they're going to pump into uh, into this facility here. It sounds like a call center, quite honestly. I'm not quite sure what what they're doing, but it was like for support and stuff. I'm like, oh, oh okay, call yeah. center. Uh, but it's cool, you know. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you, is your machine plugged in? Is your machine? Make sure the cord is. Hold plugged on in. a second. Well, we have to do an assembly of the geniuses. Hold on. Oh. I'm sure you've seen the South Park episode, the human sentai, no, I didn't, the human I didn't sentai pad. Oh, no, man. I didn't see oh, the news. Well, they did an Apple. They've done Apple a well, couple no, of times. If you must look at to, after the show with Buzzkill Jr., because he's seen it, I'm sure, you will poop yourself watch literally watching the Human Sentai Pad uh, South Park episode. It is the best. So I'm watching the show Preppers again. Oh, no. So this is, this is my favorite one uh, thus. Becky, this dingbat who's uh, living in the middle of nowhere anyway by herself. She's not a bad-looking woman. I, I, I don't imagine anyone wants to date her. That ans- answers my first question. Because she's so nutty. But just play Becky Becomes a Sniper. Fire. But in a government takeover, Becky believes she will need offensive as well as defensive weapons. So if necessary, she can preemptively eliminate a threat without being detected. <laughs> Today, with Bob's expertise, she is training with a bolt-action sniper rifle outfitted with a telescopic lens that guarantees optimal precision from up to 1,000 yards away. I'm taking sniper training because then I could keep people as far away from me as I needed to. This hand goes underneath. You support it. Okay. Make a fist. Yeah. Pull it tight into your shoulder. You want me to have it dead center vertically, right? Today, Becky's bullseye is 200 yards, the equivalent of two football fields. 
You hit it. Did I? Yes. Sweet! All right, I have, I have a take on this if you want it, or do you have something yeah, to say? Yeah, I want to hear your take, but let me just say this. If the government, the government, what do you mean if the government takes over? Uh-huh. They've taken over. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, well they, what, they take over what? They've taken over. So I ha- the government has all, they've been take they took over like in the 1800s. I mean, give me a break. So here's my take on this. This is an elaborate setup because on CNN, uh, and I, you know, I have multiple screens running during the day. What caught my eye is they rolled out a report from 2009 about patriot groups and patriot of course in the chiron on the screen is in quotes patriots you know patriot and they have this woman on from the SPLC are you familiar with this uh, with this outfit john the SPLC the uh, southern the poverty Symbionese liberation army no the southern poverty law center oh yeah the southern poverty law center they're the ones who who set the precedent for uh, busting up these operations by uh, by suing uh, the leaders under some uh, circumstance when uh, anything bad that happens could be traced right. to a newsletter or a writing or even a speech that they made it was, it's very interesting uh, legal uh, situation well this is a non-profit civil rights organization yeah they're very the, famous yeah they seem like a bunch of douche bags yeah there's a lot of douchery there that's for sure yeah so uh, i have two clips and they have this woman on from the splc and uh, the premise here is uh that uh, the the patriot groups the membership and and the creation of groups has risen dramatically and and they have uh you know from 400 in 2008 to over 1200 now 1200 uh yeah they just count patriot better. groups and then they you know they show this package so they have no new video it's from 2000 some of these groups that aren't patriot groups like the old ones they they used to have problems with which are generally a Christian white white supremacist groups. Some of these guys are just you know members of a shooting club. Well, this is this is a thank dubious. you. This is exactly what I'm. This is my point exactly. So you got these guys, and they're like you know middle aged guys. They dress up in fatigues, and they're out there shooting around in the woods and stuff. You know, it's like eh, okay, whatever. And uh, let me play these two clips. So, what if anything is being done to? Com- I'm sorry. Let me let me play them in reverse order. Um, so they, you know, they're very worried about the Constitution, is, is basically the premise. In fact, that's how it starts off. But then listen how this woman twists reality and lies, lies to uh, benefit the campaign 2012. How many of you are worried about the Constitution right now? Yeah. Worried as in the sense that it's not it's being going followed. away. So they say, yeah, worried. We're worried about it's going away. It's been, no one's following the Constitution. Well, you know, I could easily see myself in one of these groups. And, you know, by the way, we could have fun shooting some guns and drinking some beer. Now let's go over to the woman from the Southern Poverty Law Center and get her view on this. So the why? Why the explosive growth, Heidi? Well, there's basically two factors that have driven the anti-government groups up. One is the bad economy. That always uh, adds to any kind of extremism that you have. How so? The- extremism, by the way. It's extremism now. Or the election of a Democratic... So, so guys who go out in the woods and shoot paintball or go No, they were, sh- they, they were shooting extremists. real guns. They were shooting, yeah, extremism. But it gets worse. How so? Just uh, be I was going to say, the bad economy... The bad economy tends to drive people into extreme. By the way, you hear how professional she is? She's uh, she knows how to play into a, a, a crosstalk on the uh, on the satellite. 
So she knows to shut up and then start again without saying, well, that's a very professional woman, this. The bad economy tends to drive people into extremist groups. They're unemployed. They're frustrated. They're mm-hmm. angry. And so they start joining them up. But more importantly. Oh, what could it be, John? More importantly, what more could it be? Importantly. Come on. What could it be? What, well, what it would it have to be hate. It would have to have something to do with Ron Paul. No, 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 no. It's, mo- no. it's more important than that. Listen to this. Listen to this woman. It's really the election of Barack Obama and the swing oh. to the left in the presidency. We had the oh, same boy. thing. No, sh- listen. Be quiet and listen. It happened in the 1990s with Clinton when the first militia movement occurred. But yeah. this time it's a little different because Obama is an African-American. Oh, he's black. Is uh, that what you're saying? Now, is this, can we give up on this idea of calling no, no, everyone No, no, racist? no, no. Listen to what she says. It, it really made me angry how she and the CNN. What? Just be quiet and listen. Because Obama is an African-American. So there are all these crazy racial theories that you hear about Obama, that he's not really a citizen. That's racial? He's not a citizen? That's a racial thing? He, really? Oh, maybe she has more. Yeah. That he's maybe a secret Muslim. Oh, that's racial? He's Muslim? Is that racial, John? Is, is, is that racial? Well, this woman is... Today, by today's standards, apparently. All of this has created an incredible amount of paranoia on the far, far right, which is expressed in, these kinds of, in this kind of anti-government activism. Unbelievable. Anti-government he's, activism. He's black... And there's all this crazy racism because he's not a citizen. And what should we do about it, Emily? So what, if anything, is being done to combat some of this paranoia? Well, probably the most important thing that needs to be done is that law enforcement has to watch out for them. I mean, the fact of the matter is that anti-government groups have been known to be involved in a lot of domestic terrorism. We've had militia arrests. In Michigan this year, Alaska, most recently in Georgia, where a group of militiamen were going to spread ricin in big cities like Atlanta and Baltimore. So it's a major law enforcement problem. And luckily for us, the FBI has been on top of this, and so is the Department of Homeland Security. And that's what needs to happen. Yeah, you're just a bunch of belligerents, and uh, this, and and they're all uh, terrorists, and we're Al Qaeda. And it was very disturbing to me because this was this was predicted that the race card would be played big time. Well, it's been played over. Yeah, over. but this this is really outrageous. And I think preppers does play into this. By yes, the way. of course it does. Of course it but does. It, but it makes it and it makes it kind of funny because we get ridiculed. Well, yeah. I mean, but this. But by the good. way, but this totally bogus of what she said that the militia movement began. With during the Clinton administration, in fact, even if you just look at militia movement in the Book of Knowledge, it began like the posse comitatus, which was part of this, was in the it was during the Reagan administration. How do you explain that? And then the Clinton, and then there were some examples of militias in the seventies. I remember the Minutemen when I was, uh, Minute you know, men, at yeah. Berkeley. There used to be a group called the Minutemen, which were, which were militia men, and they were sending out these. Uh, Actually, a professor that I had got one of these. I saw it at his house, and he was, like, spooked by it. But this was a huge scandal, and this is way, this is like uh, 50 years ago or 40, uh, way before she talks about this, where they sent out these little nasty notes to people with a target. that It showed a target, uh, like a a gun sight thing that yeah. you would look through yeah. and it said instead mentioning that you were you know seen talking to a black man or something and they said we, we, we got our eye on you so I can't yeah. remember the exact wording but uh, there this has been going on forever this is nothing new and so, so this is all bull crap she's her premise is bad 
And she brings up that it gets cranked up a little bit. Yeah, during Waco, because everyone got a little yeah. paranoid, wouldn't yeah. you think? So I don't know. This this whole thing is that I'm really bothered by the the real. The, there's like no factual information, and nobody ch- challenges any of anything, the stuff. You're, anything. you're watching this on CNN. She can say whatever she wants, and then these idiots. No, yeah, no challenge. Oh well, yeah. What should we do about it then? These racists. They don't say anything and call these people out for being full of crap. And so you can go on these shows and say whatever Every you want. want. And believe me, I've gone on a lot of these shows myself. And I and you just I'm talk crap. Amazed. No one ever questions what I have to say. <laughs> You're always talking crap. <laughs> well, the not, mouse won't work. The money on all my no stuff. one cares but about a mouse. Point, it could be challenged. <laughs> uh, let's go over to uh, FBI headquarters, John, and find out to uh, see if we can find any belligerents. Yeah. We've been seeing the number three all over the ship. <laughs> I actually have a belligerent clip somewhere, too. It's <laughs> three all over the ship. <laughs> I'm seeing number well, three. Yeah. I'm seeing number three all over the ship. Hey, but it's, it's disturbing. You know, it's just really disturbing. It, but you're right. It, it, no one challenges anything. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. My security scan shows it has a grade one priority, Captain. <laughs> Non-belligerency confirmed. <laughs> Non-belligerency confirmed, Captain. Non-belligerency. <laughs> so, uh, talking about ships. Yeah. Uh, there's a, um, what the heck? There's a show on the Travel Channel. I was going to do another one of those questions. Guess what show this, what channel this is on? <laughs> the Travel Channel. But you're just going to give it away. Ghost Adventures. Uh, really? And yeah, and these guys go on a ship. They go on the USS Hornet, which is over here in Alameda. So I could go over there and check this out. You could be but a I got ghost a couple hunter. Of clips. You got to play this one. Ghosts on the USS Hornet. This is the kind of reporting that you get from ghost hunters nowadays. You know, it's really weird. Mm. I feel like I keep getting um, poked in the arm with needles. You know, like shots. Serious? Yeah. And then my arms start twitching. Zach, come here. What's wrong? You have to experience this right now, man. It just got really cold. I can see my breath. <laughs> Something's in here with me. Well, just make just stay because I don't want to move. I don't want to inter- I don't want to interrupt this. Is there somebody here with me? Can you talk to me? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, John. We can do this. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. First, we gotta sound like two surfers. Yeah. Hey, John, dude, you gotta come over here, man. I got really cold. My penis just shrunk. Come on, man. Feel it. Feel it. It's an innie. It's an innie, oh, man. man. I it don't comple- think I want to do that. It completely went away. Is someone in here with me? Oh man, I'm gonna stay over here. In fact, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> So in another uh, episode, this is the work, by the way, this is the worst show in the history of television. No, 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 no. Swamp people has got to be worse. <laughs> so this one, I only have one more clip from this show, which that, is. Yes, the, thank you. I finally, apparently, else. I didn't realize this, but the, if it wasn't for the uh, the power grid that we have, we probably wouldn't have ghosts oh. because it's that's what they eat. <laughs> Documentation of their deaths and no tombstones. And then let's grab another list that's not documented. And see-through of possibly some murders or suicides. So with that, we have one, two, three, four, five. Five stacks of (laughs) darkness, dread, death, wrongdoings. And that pretty much describes 
the roof that's over our heads. I think it's a hotbed of activity is what it is. We have a power grid across the street, which I think feeds a lot of the activity. We're close to ley lines. You have all the dead bodies and the, dead, the deaths that happened here. So you got a power grid. This right here could be harboring a station for these entities and spirits to be powering themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And I really believe that that's a, a, like a food source almost, if you right, will. Right, right. Energy source. <laughs> I'm hungry. I think I need to eat. This my, is like I gotta suck off my UPS for a moment. Now here. you're supposed to say, "Why are you wasting time watching this crap?" Uh, no, I've given up. But I'll I'll indulge you. Why are you wasting our time watching this crap? It's a, it's I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Oh, I know why. Because there's some, there was a windstorm or something. I was having trouble getting C-SPAN. Oh, oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Well, there was a couple of things that uh, that were not on C-SPAN, which I had to find from other sources. And this is one thing that I there was an introduction of a new bill into uh, Congress, uh, House Resolution 107. Have you heard of this one? No, but I'm sure I will. Yes, you will. Uh, let me uh, read this to you. This was uh, entered by, uh, I don't have it here, Jones, Congressman Jones. Uh, House Resolution 107, expressing the sense of Congress that the use of offensive military force by a president without prior and clear authorization of an act of Congress constitutes an impeachable high crime and misdemeanor under Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution. That's good. They won't pass that. It's it, well, it went to, it, it's in committee. Yeah. Well, we'll that, that's a start. Committee. But, uh, but well, Walter Jones, Republican in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, look at his bills. He gets a lot of co-sponsors on his bills. Well, let's see what he what he's all about. Well, I think he's probably uh, oh, he looks like one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Troublemaker. <laughs> <All right. laughs> he got in office in 1995. He's probably on troublemaker. I think killed. you said it. Troublemaker. He's you a troublemaker. It. Yeah. Don't sm- don't fly in any small aircraft. With your, uh, no, so really he wants to uh, impeach the president should the president decide to uh, go and kill Assad without uh, congressional approval, which uh, I think it is an impeachable offense, and I agree. Now, interestingly enough, and this was not on C-SPAN, I had to pull this off of uh, Shep Smith's uh, show, of all things. This really, really, really bugged me. We have, um, let me just find the clip here. Uh, this was Mueller, uh, Robert Mueller, who is Mueller, the, yeah, Mueller, Mueller, not Bueller, Mueller, oh, Mueller, who, of course, is the director of the FBI, uh, who was reinstated after ten, his yeah, tenure, after tenure, not supposed to be. Well, let me just say that reiterate for people who have been not listening they to the show, passed the law some years ago because they didn't want another J. Edgar Hoover situation where you can't get the damn guy out of office because he knows too much. So if you're an FBI head of the FBI, you can only stay in for, I think, two Three-year terms or some six years. I don't know the exact. Ten, ten years. Uh, ten, ten years. Ten years. Ten oh, years. that's a long time. It shouldn't even be that long. But whatever. And so he the was ten inst- years passes. Hold and on. They, they say, eh, well, let's leave him in. He was inst- I mean, come on. He was installed as director of the FBI ten, three months before 9-11. Three months before 9-11. Let me just repeat that again for you. And uh, then his ten years were up, and I was like, I man, you know, publicly they say he's doing such a great job. You know, never change a winning team. Screw the law. Uh, privately, of course, like, dude, he knows where every th- all the bodies are, man. No, we can't have this. By the you way, to change the law to shorten it even more. Mickey, um, 
got uh, Jay Edgar the movie and I watched it with her. Yeah. That guy was an a hole. Hoover? <gasps> He's the yeah, one. You know, that movie got zero play. It barely made it into the theaters. It, it was like, and it's done by, uh, you know. Uh, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it yet because I haven't gotten. Let, I, I was let, let me let me, let me give you let me give you does. let me give you a synopsis. They buried that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. You better believe they did. And first of all, it was a very complicated movie because you have to know a little bit about history. Because and it was directed by Clint Eastwood. So, right, and that's an automatic winner. No, it was completely. <laughs> well, no, I, I no, realize nothing. now. Uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio, he uh, he played J. Edgar, which I think he did very well. Um. But here's the main highlights from the movie. So the, what is insinuated is that the, uh, the FBI, J. Edgar uh, Hoover, that he actually was responsible for the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby in order to get the FBI law passed, which made them into an official agency and uh, allowed them to carry guns. And he and there was all this lying that he did, and you know they had these complete times. Oh, it sounds like a, a fractal of what's going on with the TSA and Homeland Security. Totally. In fact, uh, it got this is this is what you got to look out for. They had the G Men. Do you remember the G Men? Yeah. Like radio plays, and they had like little oh, yeah, G Men badges shows. in and cereal boxes. And right, G Yeah, there's a bunch of radio shows and uh, and how yeah. and how Hoover came to power is he had all these files and everybody the he had Untouchables I be, I believe began also, as a radio show also yeah and he had you know he had like uh, the tape recordings of Eleanor Roosevelt you know having a lesbian uh, affair with, with someone Trist, in, Trist and there you go it's always a lesbian Trist and uh, you know he had tapes of uh, of Kennedy screwing the the East German spy who by the way was really hot. I can't blame the guy, uh, and that's how he, <laughs> that's how he came to power. But what they have the, the backstory is that um, he was always gay, and uh, he had huge mommy issues because his mom is uh, uh, is in there throughout the whole movie until she passes away. And the his is uh, the second in command. Uh, forget the guy's name in real life, but he was Edgar's uh, Hoover's lover, and so they have this kind of. This weird story like the reason why he was such an insane maniac was because he was sexually repressed. It was like a very confusing story, um, but I, fascinating. And now, I've got, now I now want to go read some books about this guy because he really started the whole idea of tracking everybody. He built the first uh, fingerprint database. He had all the files on everybody. Um, and created, you know, events in order yeah, to gain a secret power. police. Yeah. Just outrageous. I'm like, wow, I had no idea what an a-hole this guy was. Anyway, so the modern day version. He used to stand on a box, too. Yeah, it was quite short. Yeah. The modern day. Do, do you have a book that you can recommend about uh, J. No, Edgar Hoover? nothing. I got nothing. We got to find something. Uh, so fascinating movie. I recommend you watch it. And as a no agenda listener, you will uh, appreciate it because you know for most people are like ah oh, so slow. Get to some action. Where's the lesbian stuff? Uh, but if you're a no agenda that listener, would also be a no agenda listener. Yeah, that's true. Um, so here is the modern day J. Edgar Hoover, Robert Mueller, who was asked uh, if it is legal to drone an American citizen in America. It's a very short clip because well, I had that's to, a good one. You got I, that. Good for it's you. It's not on C-SPAN. This entire it's been C-SPAN washed. 
It's not uh-huh. on C-SPAN. And somehow Shep Smith had a copy of it. So it's only 10 seconds, but listen carefully. Does that only apply to U.S. citizen that's overseas, or does that apply to U.S. citizen that's here? As well? I'd have to go back. I, I, uh, I, I'm not certain whether that was addressed or not. i got to go check on that. Can you believe this? I, 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 you know, I, I got to go check. You know off the top of your head? No. Well, he doesn't want to. Well, you, he does know off the top of his head. The answer is yes. We can drone an American citizen, but let me go check on it. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I don't want to say that because it's going to get all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I, I, I don't do. want to look like a douchebag. Because if it wasn't the case, you'd say no. Yeah, of course he would say no. He would say no. You can't do can't that. Can't do that. Uh, I didn't pull the whole clip, but Shep, Shep Smith goes crazy on this. I have to give him that. And then he brings in the judge yeah. and everything. Um, but I was just like, yeah, wow. I think poisoning him or something or something yeah it's not that good with so what i did find on c-span was something you know the syria thing is driving me crazy you know I, I just keep looking at it from all angles like what is happening what is going on and i don't know if you've put any thought to it in between uh, watching preppers and ghost hunters <laughs> I, I don't know if you've had any time uh, in your busy schedule it's to think ghost about adventures yeah Ghost Hunters is a show on the I know, sci-fi. I know. Network. I don't watch any of that crap because I don't want to be programmed by the the frequencies they're putting programmed. in. I am not programmed. Kill all humans. <laughs> <laughs> you. I don't think you're programmable anymore. At a certain age, it doesn't work. Yeah, it craps out at that's after forty something. That's why they just give you the vaccine. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> what? So the Syria thing is driving me nuts. I'm trying to figure out because you know uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, was visited with the president and the Jewish contingent, the Jewish groups, APAC, etc., are outraged because apparently in that meeting, apparently uh, President Obama said to Netanyahu, you cannot attack Iran until after I'm elected or uh, that, maybe not that specific, but you have to delay. You cannot attack now, which kind of plays into the theory of an October surprise. And, of course, uh, Israel is pretty... It also plays into my theory of no October surprise. Possibly. But he, he's been asked to delay. And this has outraged the Jewish community. And there's have you seen that? There's like a 17-minute video. It's just as professionally produced as Coney 2012 uh, it'll be in the show notes at uh, three And this whole video, which is paid for by, I believe, APAC, is basically saying Obama's a Muslim and that Obama wants to expand Saudi, the Saudi Arabian power. And so I'm taking that as well. Okay. Caliphate. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe, so, okay, so maybe, maybe that's an angle with Syria. And I'm looking at Syria. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Israel is very quiet. They're not really saying anything. You don't hear them in this debate at all, do you, about Syria? Nothing. So if you look at the location of Syria, which is inland from Lebanon, you know, and of course they have some claim to Leviathan, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, I'm not sure. There's a, um, of course we have the Golan Heights, uh, which is disputed territory between uh, Syria and uh, and Israel, but very important, you know, the Israelis have promised never to attack that that region because they have, you know, that's where the, their main pipeline for their oil comes in. So I'm just trying to figure all this out, and I just I I can't see 
who stands where except, you know, uh, looking at oil companies. But then we have the State Department. And uh, the State Department does a daily briefing, press briefing. And I like these because, um, A, the international press is there and they have funny accents, which is always cool. And, uh, and they ask, you know, they ask crazy questions that you don't expect. But even better, the woman who is the spokeshole is, her name is Newland. I think, uh, Victoria Newland, I think her name is. And she is not very good. And when she's tired, she starts to slip up and she says the stupidest things and people latch onto it and they just don't let her go. This one, though, when you look at the video, she's reading off of her paper as she explains exactly what Assad is. Now, of all the descriptions, and this is a new meme, so it's being launched because I can see her glancing down, reading it word for word off of her Flintstone teleprompter. What do you think we could describe Assad as? Of all the things that would, that would just the crazy things. Well, why don't you, instead of grilling me, since I obviously don't know the answer to that or I jump right in, uh, you tell me. Oh, no, I'll, I'll be happy to tell you. I just thought it'd be fun to... See if you if you I, no, I can't come up with any. This uh, guy with a stick up his ass. Uh, no, I mean, let's think Mr., movie plot, uh, Mister Uptight. <laughs> let's think movie uh, plot. The uh, funniest man in Syria. Uh, you know, laugh a minute, Assad. I have no idea. But I think you know where we have been on this subject. That uh, under Assad, political power in Syria is exercised by a mafia-like crime family. Ah, this is a new one. A mafia-like crime family. It's funny because that's actually not a new one, and it's something we've discussed on the show over two years ago. When I tell my anecdote about the Saudi guy that mentioned some years back on a flight I was sitting next to him at, that the uh, traditionally the Syrians have always operated as a mafia to extort money from the other Arab countries because the Syrians had no resources. So this is not, doesn't really shock me. I think that what they're trying to do is introduce that, to, I think, to the general public, that concept. Well, let's have a listen to our explanation and then some follow-up questions. Not by a parliament, not by parties, not by a cabinet. And so the only meaningful reform, the only meaningful dialogue, is one that, that transfers power ultimately from this family to the people, that there needs to be a structure in place so that those uh, those folks who are currently folks. governing Syria but folks. don't have blood on their hands can, can get into a real conversation. Okay. So then uh, we got a follow-up from uh, one of the funnier guys in the, in the press corps there. No, Sam, that's just for saying a couple, couple brief, very brief things. One, the mafia-like crime family, as you said, who's the godfather here? Do you really think that Assad <laughs> is smart enough, ruth, uh, maybe no. ruthless enough, is he smart enough uh, to actually be the, the head of this family? Or do you think that it's his father's cronies who are still hanging around? I love this. Is he the godfather? He's gonna, if she's going to bring it up as a model, as an analog, she's going to have to deal with questions like this. I personally would have said, is this anything like the uh, monarchy in Britain? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, those are royals. You see, there's a difference. Uh, if, if you uh, are running a crime family in the Middle East, you're a dictator, you're a, a, a mob boss. But if you're in the West, like uh, the Netherlands or the United Kingdom, you're a royal. 
And uh, so it continues with another funny follow-up. Well, I'm not going to dissect the insides of this family, except yeah. that he is the president of the country. He bears full responsibility. Okay. But do you really believe, just to follow on you, that one point, Matt, do you really believe that if he were to step down or, or be taken out of power, that, that the violence in Syria is going to stop? You really think he's the sole person that's calling the shots here? He is the symbol the president of this regime that is leading this violence. He is, you know, we saw this interview with him some months ago where he claimed that he wasn't issuing the orders, etc. From our perspective, it is... So she's saying something very interesting here. (coughs) By the way, that question's a great question. Oh! and then she cut. It she is. She cuts him off. She cuts her off. She, eh. she, she cuts. But she brought asked the good. She said she brought the symbol thing. Yeah. Is a symbol. Yeah. Then what difference does it make? Is a symbol. Is a symbol. Yeah. And the other one is where you think the violence will stop. Now this is the kind of person whoever that woman was. Yeah, she's good. Who should like. be on CNN instead yeah. of these dingbats? Okay, well, well, well you am know, I pretty. How's my eye makeup? Yeah, that's the problem. She's that's totally she, the problem. She's this woman not, should be working real media. Yeah, she's she's not really camera friendly. Oh, by you know people. So, well, I mean they've got. Uh, no, I mean for me it'd be fine. I'm just no, as I'm a just television saying, executive. If you look at some, some of the people they have at CNN, a lot of them aren't camera friendly. Nah, they got that pasty look. Uh, so I thought that was fascinating. Well, third third thing here. Please. Oh. Uh, if the uh, if the top of the Syrian regime is a is a crime family, what, what's the administration's view of the other? institutions of government there. I mean, my impression has been that the administration wants to keep what it can going forward. Well, Paul, this is going to be a decision for the Syrian people to make. We're not going to dictate the future structure (laughs) or the personnel (laughs) in a Syrian uh, system that's becoming equal, uh, increasingly democratic. What we want to no, we wouldn't do that. The briefing after this meeting is, hey, the crime family uh, analogy Done. Yeah, uh, over with Don't that. Don't bring that up again. That <laughs> sucked. That was, no, I think she knew she sucked. I because everyone kept bringing it back. Yeah. Said, oh crap! So let me tell you what is happening, which is very interesting. Um, the the French are preparing, and let me read from the uh, here we go from the press release. The French Air Force has organized a large scale week long exercise with the British Royal Air Force which is expected to send over tornado fighters, aerial tankers, and AWACS aircraft as part of the enhanced cooperation agreed between the two countries. That would be uh, Turkey. The exercise, dubbed Southern Mistral, will be held March 21st to 25th. uh, And uh, you can bet that this is a setup because this is exactly... uh, I'm sorry. Is that the right one? No, that was the wrong one. Crap, I'm sorry. That was the Libyan one. <laughs> that was that that was that was 2010. That was the Yeah, that was the, in November 2010. That was, that was the Lib- Southern Mistral. Yeah. Mistral. Mistral. Here's the one for 2011. The Turkish and It's U- also called Southern Mistral. Or Mistral. The Turkish and US Air Forces continue to combine their assets and share tactics in large force em- employments during exercise Anatolian Falcon. Uh, March 5th through the 16th. Their specialty, SEAD, which stands for Suppression of Enemy Air Defenses. So I think having, which I, it's so so much the same script that I misread it. So we had Southern Mistral just before we went in and uh, created the no-fly zone over Libya. Now we have U.S. forces and Turkey 
getting ready with just happened to be practicing for this uh, suppression of enemy air defenses, which is indeed the problem with a no fly zone over over Syria. It's crazy. So they are most definitely British and French with Turkey. You said U.S. No, it's U.S. I thought on this occasion, the French and British forces will perform composite air operations, specific air raid. That was Libya. No, this I'm reading from the from the. I'm, uh, I'm reading from 21st to 25th March 2011. Um, no, this is 2012, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm reading, oh, there was a 2010 one too. Yeah, I, I'm oh, reading they do this every year. What was in 2010? Nothing something else. We that was a real practice. <laughs> now we're going for the, no. This is from the Air, uh, Armed Forces News uh, Service. Oh, okay, sorry. So uh, it's very confusing if they don't change the code names. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you're right. It is. Uh, uh, Antolian Falcon 2 to 2012. So it's the same mission, only it's the t- 2012 version. So I, I think, I think the yeah, suppression of air uh, defenses means uh, blowing up, uh, well, blowing up and also sending out those, those, yeah, those attack, the electronic attacks. Oh, right. And then, that's what we did when we before we took uh, Iraq. We blew up all their uh, their infrastructure of communication communications infrastructure with uh, electronic warfare. But I, I think that still. Well, anyway, so I, then I looked at the Syrian National Council just to give some data points because there's really not much more I can do. Uh, the the chairman of the Syrian National Council, which is recognized as the government, so they don't even recognize uh, uh, the the uh, Assad anymore because he's a you know. He's a he's a mafia crime family uh, leader. This guy is Dr. Burhan Galyun, and uh, he apparently doesn't even live in Syria. He lives in Paris, and and he was educated in uh, Paris. I had a little Wikipedia page on him uh, in the seventies. Uh, he published a manifesto for democracy, and. Uh, he oh this is how I got to the Golan Heights. He's the guy that uh, got in cahoots with the Israelis and resolved the Golan Heights dispute. And the Golan Heights, as I said, is about the Trans Arabian uh, pipeline tap line they call it, <coughs> which uh, goes from uh, the Gulf there uh, from Saudi Arabia. This is why that's interesting. Uh, all the way through the Golan Heights to Lebanon. And its heyday was an important factor in the global trade of petroleum, helping with the economic development of Lebanon, as well as American and Middle Eastern political relations. So I just don't understand the actors, and I don't think you have an idea either. No, I know the Russians have got a lot of action going. They're having talks all over the place, and it's not being reported on at all. No. And I I think the model... Because these things seem to me to be set in stone once they are underway, which means that Assad will be killed in a in a bunker or a spider hole or something at some point. <laughs> Wait a minute, he'll, we've already he'll be we've, in a wine no, cellar no. and they'll gun him down. Wait, we've we've already had. Let's think about this. We've already had the spider hole. We had the um, the sewer pipe. Sewer pipe. <laughs> sewer pipe. We can't. Colonel Mustard in the library with the lead pipe. Um, I think Assad being a mafia crime fam, he has to go out in a blaze of glory. He's he's got to go out and like it's got to be a, a handgun fight. Yeah, handgun fight. Pistol. Yeah, or one of those big guns like uh, like in uh, Scarface. <laughs> yeah, say hello say to, my hello to my friend. little friend. Yeah, yeah that would work. That would yeah, be good. He blows yeah. out the door and then he gets shot down. Uh, meanwhile, 
He was a belligerent. If I don't know why these guys can't figure this out early in this game, because it's happened over and over again, and just say, look, I'm screwed. They've, they've, but I think they're surrounded by too many yes men. You know, he doesn't have good advisors. He should just bail, take as much money as he can and move to Switzerland. Yeah. Well, he he got that offer. The Russians actually offered him. You know, the 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 minister, the foreign minister from Russia went there and said, ah, dude, give it up. Come on. You can snack on all the electricity you want over here. You ghost. Meanwhile, um, Israel remains uh, under attack. Uh, they keep getting uh, bombs lobbed uh, into their territory. And uh, they're fighting back. Uh, they say they killed uh, a, a top terrorist in the Kaizi organization. No, the guy's name is Kaizi. Who knows? But this is along the Egyptian border. And, and there were two words that popped up that uh, Ehud Barak, I guess he is he the, 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 the war minister now in Israel? I, I, I can't keep track of I can't keep track of it either. Um, he said, you know, well... Luckily, our Iron Dome is working. They have something called the Iron Dome. What's the Iron Dome? Apparently, it's a rocket shield. And he goes on to say, wait until we pull out our magic wand. Who said this? Ehud Barak. From Egypt? Or from Israel? Israel. Yeah. So he says the the Iron Dome worked, and so none of the projectiles landed. They got blown up. He says, but wait, wait until, hear it. Ehud Barak, yes. Barak Barak said that classifying. Oh, the Iron Dome, I see what it is. It's a a rocket launcher. It sends a bunch of crap into the air and whatever comes over gets blown up to smithereens. It's like the Patriot. It's like the Patriot shooting down the scuds. Well, it's more, no, it's Patriots are single missiles. This is like an array. I'm looking at the Iron Dome now. Cool, cool. It's a big array. What's the magic wand then? I have probably, I have no idea. I like this it. This costs $40,000 a missile. A system costs $50 million. Its designer is the Raphael oh. Advanced Defense Systems. It's, it's, what? it's uh, Israeli? What's, uh, who makes well, it? Raphael Advanced Defense Systems probably is Israeli. Uh, yep. It's government owned. Yeah. From uh, in Haifa. It's, a, oh. it's, it's, a, it's military. It looks like a big box of tubes. Yeah, big box of tubes. <laughs> but what is the magic wand? Because he says here... Uh, I bet you they do the same thing. Request the acceleration of plans to operate and deploy additional Iron Dome batteries and complete the development and deployment of the magic wand. Sounds sounds like a Harry Potter thing. We're well, that's rolling, where it comes from. We're obviously. rolling out right. Harry Potter. Let's find it. Let's see who can find it the first. Who can find... Let me see. Chat room, can you find the magic wand? Yeah, that's the cheap way out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Room. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because uh, ma- magic wand is a hard Google. Magic wand Israel. Maybe that'll work. Nah. Here it is. You got the magic David wand? David Sling. It's also called David Sling. Cool. Oh, that's and for David and Goliath? Wow. It's a little missile. It's an interceptor missile uh, used by the David Sling system. I beat you, chat room. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's an Israeli Defense Forces military system being <laughs> developed by Israeli defense contractor Raphael. That was the key to the Same search. Guy. Oh, yeah. And the American defense contractor Raytheon, also known as the Patriot <laughs> Missile System Company. Well, you, know, you know what Raytheon does? They only, they only get to make up the name. It's like, Designed we'll, we'll build it. Medi- this, this was will intercept medium to long-range rockets mm. and cruise missiles. 
such as those possessed by Hezbollah. A million a pop for each of these things it fires off. That's a lot. That's a lot more than uh, Mickey's Sig Sauer. That's for sure. A million a pop. Cool. So, cool fireworks. Anyway, yeah, so well, you know, during that whole battle of the Scud missiles versus the uh, the Patriot missiles in the in Gulf War One. They uh, the Patriot it was, it was well known fact in Israel and then finally became fact only years later in the United States that not one Patriot missile ever hit anything and all those scuds that were blowing up were just breaking up on their own. Yeah, because they were junk. Yeah. Anyway, the end of our defense talk for the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. I mean, I I, I wish I could, but it's just like pff, you know, I I really just don't. I really just don't understand it. It's well, uh, we'll figure it out. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, we will. So uh, it'll be a special show. We'll get <laughs> more people to help it'll, us. It'll be our magic wand show. I was very disappointed uh, not to hear a uh, Dvorak Horowitz uh, unplugged show this week. It was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty uh, slow week. We had uh, scheduling problems. Yeah, hello. The, uh, Greece defaulted. Slow week? Yeah, but did they really? Well... Moody's. Oh, no. That's what yes. We'll do a show on Tuesday and we'll explain it all. Well, let me just say, because I did a little bit of research. Uh, here's the actual text. March 9th, Moody's Investor Service says that it considers Greece to have defaulted as per Moody's default definitions. That's Moody's. Yeah. So they've defaulted. Uh, by Moody's standards, but nobody else says so. Yeah, well, Fitch said so. And the okay, I, and, well, that's and just the, by Moody's and Fitch's standard. Nobody else said yes, so. Yes, the ISDA, the International Swaps and Derivatives Association, said it's a default, so this triggers... Well, that's Moody's and Fitch's and the ISDA, but nobody else said so. <laughs> I guess you're right. They didn't really default. Not Because to uh, Monday... Monday, there'll be another meeting somewhere in the EU, and they're going to decide what really happens. But March 23rd still appears to be the date... Because they don't have all the all the payoff in. This is just to you know. This is just to tide them over. It's like a bridge loan. Yeah. So did you see that that video about the EU did that? Yeah, with, I, but with I, the I, crazy I, woman standing there and turning into some sort of a you know some sort of yeah. like a Tarantino movie. Yeah, I had it in the show notes a week ago, but it, you can't play it on the on the show because it doesn't make any sense if you no, can't see it. No, because it's just music. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's exactly what they want. Uh, Euroland to be. They want it to be keep uh, a circle, keep out all the foreigners, the Chiners, the Saudis, keep them all out. Uh, we're we're drawing the carts in a circle, the wagons. Yeah, it's pretty weird. And the Germans. So people should. Uh, it, it's on my blog. It's in the show notes. I didn't. Just, okay, go check out the show notes. Another thing that was kind of amusing to me, CNN. Did you see these CNN reports from Fukushima? Yeah, before you go there, one second. Just finishing up Euroland, if I can. Yeah. The Germans have now once again opened up the conversation about creating an EU constitution. This is what led to the Lisbon Treaty in the first place. Nobody's no, going to approve this thing. Every, oh, wait a minute. They everyone will approve it because will, they just keep asking to. Everyone will approve it. They'll approve it from the parliament. That's what they'll do. Yeah, of course, because they've already taken control. The first they had to get the compact, right? So now all the control lies in Brussels. And if you don't adhere to the control, then they send in the troika, and then they basically well, this, take away your money. This will be good for the show because this It'll will be give great. you an opportunity to read something, mm -hmm. 
and it'll have a whole because you know this constitution is not going to be like the American constitution, you know, a small 20 page document. It's going to be 5,000 pages. Mm-hmm. Just a and reminder, a reminder for people that this show kind of started around the time of the Lisbon Treaty when I read the Lisbon Treaty and its protocols, where it turns out, um, you know, if you're in Europe and you think the death penalty is uh, is not in, is is not in play, you're wrong because why? Because if you run away from the police while you're being apprehended and they shoot and kill you, it is a fair kill. You don't think you can be picked up? You can. If you have a communicable disease, which can be AIDS, uh, it could be the flu, you can be incarcerated. This is in your Lisbon Treaty in the protocols. So now they're just going to put it into one document. Make it easier for the PowerPoint. And, uh, well, that's it for me for Europe. Okay. Yes, I did. did. (laughs) Screw. Yeah. Actually, I like that stuff. Well, well, we've discussed this ad nauseum. I know, but and you know, a lot of people I, have not I asked, heard a lot of the discussion. I, asked, I think you should go back to it. And I asked a uh, member of parliament in the Netherlands, uh, Pechtold, I said, this is when I still was on the radio show before they oh, took... Oh, this is the radio show that they threw you off the show and then burned down the station because of some stuff you said about the government, that show? Yeah, not just that station, but its sister station, the jazz station, too. They're like, hey, you know what? Screw that station, too. We'll take them all down. Yeah, that show. That, in other words, the stations that, because of you, yes. uh, you'll probably never work again in Holland on a radio station ever? Correct. Okay. And I just want to get that straight. So I asked him this exact question. I said, why is it... That in the protocols, it says that you can be killed fairly if you run away from the cops. And uh, if you have a communicable disease, that uh, you can be incarcerated. And he says, you know, I don't know. I will ask the parliament. And he asked the question. In parliament, they have a session where you can ask questions. And guess what? It never got answered. What? No. How come they couldn't answer it? No one had read. No one. Uh, what? Shut up. And he actually said, I was, talk- I was talking to Adam Curry this morning on the radio, and he asked me how this can be possible. And I'd like that question answered. And they just don't answer it. They just don't answer it. I was on C-SPAN in Holland. They just don't answer it. They don't give a crap. So. This is not good. <laughs> but this was 2008. This is how long. And, and, and now, now the ESM has been uh, voted on, ratified. They signed it. Uh, now they can they can just do cash calls. Hey, we need money. Uh, and by the way, the Netherlands is now on the hit list, uh, the Gitmo Nation Lowlands, because their economy is is tanking all of a sudden. It's at a complete standstill. Everyone has all their mortgages are underwater, and they've now been given warning shots. Like, uh, but when the uh, when the the troika says you need to give us five hundred billion euros, you have to comply. Otherwise, you, like they come in and then they will take it from you and they will uh, make sure all of the uh, austerity is put into place properly. Now, it's 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 an, it's a complete outrage. And people, some people see it. But, you know, when we've got ghost hunters and preppers and and all this stuff is on and swamp people, all this stuff is on like, worldwide, you know. People just yeah, sitting there hypnotized. The American way. In fact, it's the. <laughs> in fact, if you want to play at the end of the show, I do have a clip of Chris Dodd, the famous uh, congressman who uh, senator became um, the head of the MPAA. 
there's a lot of clips about, I mean, there's a whole bunch of hearings on C-SPAN about SOPA and PIPA and what are we going to do. Yeah. And I think the most interesting one, I do have a couple of clips about that. I'll skip the other thing for now, uh, is uh, the, there's a, they had all, this was the big meeting of the Association of Attorney Generals, all the Attorney Generals of all yeah, the states. Yeah, I saw some of this, yeah. All they were doing was moaning about software piracy. Oh, well, this is because the cyber bill is about to be introduced. Well, no, that's a different series of that was worse. I saw that. I saw that, too. (laughs) Yeah, I have some good stuff from that. Actually, skipping even further ahead, the idiot Congress people that were grilling people about the cyber security bill were just it's just unbelievable. You know, you real Chinese woman asking about root kits. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So you realize that I already played a few clips from this on the last show, right? Yeah. So you, got, you don't, you don't got, have my idiot clips. <laughs> Which one do we roll out first, Johnny boy? Well, let's see. Should we go with idiot congressman talking about the cyber bill? Well, let's play here. Try to tell me what this woman ask, actually says with idiot congress. I, I have her name. I'll give it to you after the clip. Her name is idiot. idiot congresswoman number one. The part that's really, to me, quite frightening is frightening. that nobody knows what they don't know. And we're looking at you and you're saying, too, that there's a lot of things you don't know, too. And we look upon you as experts. And I'm hoping that uh, we can build in some incentives here with a, a sort of a sharing of information that goes beyond some of your commercial type of concerns. Because I'm looking ahead to, it, this is even going to be more and more complicated as we develop more tablets and smartphones and whatever <laughs> that we're losing control of the cybersecurity control. aspect of it and the software aspect i think you brought up dr amoroso uh-huh. is really very important the education fact of that and whether or not we're actually kind of building our own principles and standards into that too so um that's just a comment and i really do <laughs> appreciate your being here and i think i'm learning more and more every time an entire minute of my life i will never she, have returned she, to me did, well, this is now i realized listening to these two women this was a woman doris matsui out of sacramento yeah yeah uh, california representing california thank you very much nickname idiot i now realize why they limit the time on these people because they're idiots she says, you know, we know what we know, and we don't know what we don't know. But she said something very important, John, which I can tell you why she said that. Did you hear the word sharing in there? Mm, yeah, maybe. We need yeah, to share to, information. Know, was, this has been a theme of these hearings. I mean, you okay. played it last. I so, agree. You played it last well, let me, Thursday. But I, I never saw the, the hearings until uh, yesterday when they replayed the whole things. And I got these idiots. Allow me to read to you a few paragraphs from House Resolution, another proposed bill, 3523. Uh, the title of this bill, to provide for the sharing of certain cyber threat intelligence and cyber threat information between the intelligence community and cybersecurity entities and, yeah. for, and for other purposes. And this literally, just a couple things, uh, the director of national intelligence shall establish procedures to allow elements of the intelligence community to share cyber threat intelligence with private sector entities and to encourage the sharing of intelligence. This is where McAfee and your ISP start spying on you. 
The director of national intelligence, DNI, shall issue guidelines providing that the head of an element of the intelligence community may, as the head of such element, considers necessary to carry out this subsection. And what can they do? Grant a security clearance on a temporary or permanent basis to an employee or officer of a certified entity, which will be McAfee, AT&T, Comcast, Time Warner. Grant a security clearance on a temporary basis uh, and approval to use appropriate facilities to expedite the security clearance for these persons. And here we go. Notwithstanding any other provision, blah, blah, blah. Use cybersecurity systems to identify and obtain cyber threat information to protect the rights and property of such protected entity. So they can spy on you just to make sure that you're not doing anything bad. Then they can share such cyber threat information with any other entity designated by such protected entity, including if specifically designated the federal government. So this is basically the brown shirts, the cyber brown shirts. If shared with the federal government, this information and the persons providing the information shall be exempt from disclosure under Section 552, Title 5, United States Code, so you're immune from prosecution, and shall not be used by the federal government for regulatory purposes. Yeah, I'm sure. This is well, what this is about. Directly, this is, anyway. Yeah. This is, this is as abhorrent as the NDAA. This is where your ISP is encouraged to spy on you. To make sure you're not doing anything, you're not a cyber threat, a cyber threat. And that's why, so this idiot congresswoman who has no, all she's doing is following the script and it's her, she has to basically propagate the sharing meme. We have to be working together. And Dr. Amarayhole, he's at the top of the list of spying. Yeah, he was, uh, I didn't get any clips from him because he was a little much. I mean, most of these guys are just pretty much saying the same thing. But I do want to, before we actually, let's take a break after this, uh, before I go to the SOPA PIPA guys. You, you don't want to play Idiot Congresswoman number two? Yeah, let's play Idiot Congresswoman number two. Now, this one here, by the way, I want to mention before you moan about losing a minute of your life. This was actually almost five minutes long. I cut it down to like a minute. Oh, by the way, I wasn't, I wasn't complaining about you, and I enjoyed the clip. It's just the waste of space and human well, this one, flesh. This woman, this one here, which is Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, a Republican, uh-huh. is worse. I think that one of the things that helps us as we work through the process is being certain that consumers are uh, educated. So if I could get that bit of information, and then when we look at the hacker attacks that are out there. Um, some of the anonymous attacks, some of those, there's one in the news today, or I think there are five people that they have are bringing forward on charges. What kind of government-imposed performance requirements would help keep pace with some of the technological evolution that you're seeing in these cyber attacks? And if we were to do a government top-down sort of structure to try to deal with cyber enemies, would that be giving a signal 
to that cyber in- enemies? Is that kind of too much information for them to be able to to work around? So with that, those are the the questions that I'd love to hear from you on uh, the trends, the cost, what we are doing, what we're not doing, dealing with uh, consumers, how you're educating them, and then looking at the attacks, um, the cautions you would give to us there. And with that, anyone that wants right. to respond. What's her name? I, I got to make a list now. I'm going to make my own Schindler's list, except this is reverse. Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn. Get her out. She is. She. This was only part of it, and there was a third one which I didn't bother with because I was getting so. Well, that upset. was Susan Collins. Oh no, no, I didn't hear you got the Susan Collins one already. Yeah. This this other one, Donna Christensen, the a Democrat from the Virgin Islands. She went oh, yeah. on. She was no, reading I, stuff as I mean, I'm surprised you could even pronounce half this stuff. Yeah, about I saw her root kits and all yeah. this other stuff. She these women know denial none of, of service. This. I know denial of service, and I mean they know nothing. They no. are complete idiots, and they're just reading from a script that one of their staffers wrote. And then if there's if there's any, I would I would love to have seen one of these guys sit there and say. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, no offense, but I have the sense that you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're no, but instead, Dr. Amara Ahole sits there and and belittles them and gives these. Remember, he was like, "Well, my mother has a computer and it's probably attacking China right now, yeah. and she <laughs> needs to be in the clip. cloud. She needs to be. It's all she be in the cloud." Well, apparently, they simulated a cyber attack on New York City's power supply in a demonstration to the Senate. To uh, push through this uh, this cyber bill, and there's a number of bills, but this uh, this three five two three whatever it is, which is in the show notes, you can get the, the marked up PDF. Uh, that's part of it, and they and uh, and here's what uh, the Duchette Senator Susan Collins said: the mock attack on the city during a summer heat wave was very compelling. Ah. <laughs> So, you know, now it's just gotten to the point where it's like, uh, you know, we'll just we'll just make it all up and we'll just and, and you know, these people are going to get so much power. I'm I'm happy I'm on Linux Ubuntu now. I mean, I can't do much about my You're really on Linux full time? Full time. Except in no. the studio. Except in the studio. Yeah, full time. Yeah. Full time, baby. And I love it. And then, you know, and I have all my cookies turned off. I am I'm a prepper. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. I'm a prepper, baby. In the morning. You heard it here first on No Agenda. Adam Curry is a preppy. Uh, Matt Hyde, Brighton East Sussex, $123.12. We want to thank him for uh, contributing to the show. The donation is to celebrate the birth of my first new human resource on Monday ah, ah. Uh, by Caesarian. I'd like a double mill for my wife, mix it with some karma to help the operation to deliver a new slave go well. Uh-huh. I'd like a douchebag, a douchebag outing for David Cameron. Douchebag. Trying to destroy the NHS. Love the show. <laughs> All right, let me ha- hand that milf karma to you. Milf. That's what mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Carl Barron in Malmzo, I believe. Oh, Malmo. I think it's Malmo. 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 Hold on a second, John. I got to restart the jingle machine here. We're having some delay problems. 
You can, you can keep reading Mongol as long as... Sweden. Anyway, 8584, I've been uh, listening and donating since 2010. It looks like my latest monthly recurring donation put me over the top for a knighthood. So oh. I'm kicking in the extra scratch to round it off as 1111. Also requesting some relationship karma as my girlfriend, formerly known as getting laid karma. <laughs> so his girlfriend's parents don't approve of, because they don't approve of him. Greetings oh. from the foot of, he's actually in the, in Japan in the active volcano or near the active volcano. She's Sukurajima. Sukurajima. All right. Here's yeah. some uh, getting laid karma then for you. Thank you, my friend. You've got karma. Sweet. 7333 comes from Seth Harper in Morgantown, West Virginia. 7533. Did I say 70 what? You said 73. It's no, right. 7533. Detail. He needs some slide whistle karma for his upcoming trip to Las Vegas. He's going to the March Madness. Uh, where is the slide whistle? I was playing it earlier. Any wins from roulette on the number 33 will be forwarded to the show. Thanks and keep up Wouldn't the great work. Wouldn't that be funny work. if you hit one? No, it's possible. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I know you can be sure. He's not gonna, wait, wait. You've got karma. <laughs> oh, that's super 33 roulette karma. There you go. Lawrence McBride, Sir Lawrence McBride, to you in Moortown, Merseyside. Uh-oh, 69-69, another show in a row. Propagating that formula. comes in with 69-69. He wants to thank Mimi for getting the night ring to him. Karma for a job interview on Wednesdays. He's fine whether he gets the job or not, but let the universe decide. Loves the show. You've got karma. Hey, hey, don't be giving away slide whistle karma if not requested. Okay, not, no more free slide whistle karma. Andrew Gardner in Avenue, Maryland. 69-69, unbelievable. Dame, uh, Dame, how much can, how much, you know, it's amazing anyone can do this. Damien Taman in Perth, our favorite place. 69-69 again. Why? Because give and thou shalt receive. Also need some karma. You've got karma. How long can we go on? Opal Coulter in Sugar Hill, Georgia. 69-69. In the morning, gentlemen, first-time donor here requesting a de-douching. Recently, I ran into a bit of legal trouble and promised I'd donate to your show if I got unscathed. So here it is. Pre-Karma uh, Works. Sunday show will be airing on my birthday, so please give me a shout-out. And a MILF, we need, a, we need her on the birthday. Yeah. Put her on the birthday list. Is she not on there? Nope. Uh, that's Opal Coulter 2. Hold on. Yeah. Go ahead, keep reading. Give a shout out and a MILF jingle. So she needs a MILF dedouching and karma. And who is that to? Uh, she needs a shout out. Uh, oh. Yeah, herself. Herself. Oh, it's a single mom. Yeah. Send pictures. <laughs> Here we go. MILF dedouching. You've been dedouched. That's one I like. You've got karma. Nice. Well, welcome, Opal. I hope you get out of your legal trouble. Uh, no, she did. No, this is pre-karma. Oh, pre-karma. Okay, well, whatever. Mikey. Mike. <laughs> Mike Peters, who would also be female. Mike Peters in Vianen. Vianen. Utrecht. Vianen Utrecht. Vianen Utrecht. Vianen. Vianen. Yeah. Vianen Utrecht. Yeah. That's what I said. Micah. Uh, $64. Please wish, wish my husband, Martin, a very Martin. happy birthday. Martin. A Martin. very happy birthday today. <laughs> Martin. March 11th. Give him, give, he's on the list. He's on the list. Martin. 
Marcia Straub. Or Straub to you. Uh, Cranberry. Cranberry, New Jersey. Cranberry. 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 It's a donation for my husband Dylan's birthday. So a birthday shout out. We got that down. Some job karma would also be appreciated. He's been submitted for a position that'd be perfect for, not to mention that the pay would be great. And we really want this one to come through. He loves your show and listens to every episode. He brings up no agenda all constantly. He's incredibly boring for doing. No, I didn't, she didn't say that. <laughs> He's actually listening to the show right now. Ah, that's really? love. That's love. He thinks you guys are all at a bag of chips. You're all that and a bag of chips. My words. He loves the soundboard and he applies for your jingles just to, he applies the jingles to everything he can. He's an all around awesome fan and an awesome guy above all will. Well, great. Let me hand out some karma. That's very funny. I like that. You've got karma. And Marsha, you should be listening yourself too. You might, yeah, you might learn some things. Carl Middleton in Ocean Grove, uh, Victoria. Double nickels on the dime, long-time boner, first-time donor, like to be de-douched and need some karma for a new job and move to the country so my daughter can grow up without Sharia law being pushed down her throat. (laughs) (laughs) You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Oscar, Sir Oscar Nadal in Tecate, California, double nickels on the dime. The pre-karma call works. I told myself that if I got an award for my scooter restoration on the high roller scooter rally. Wait, we did this one. <coughs> we did we? this one. It must have gotten through. Uh, okay. Yeah, we did we that did one this last one. time. Thanks, Oscar. That's a night we can always Yeah, we can always thank our knights, of course. Arcata, California, double nickels on the dime. Fernando Yanez. Yanez. Here's my donation. I'm going to be 28 years old today. So I'd like a birthday shout out and some karma for my wife and father in their job hunt. All right. You've got karma. A Frenchman, Peter Luckcraft. Or he's in France. He's masklet in Midi Pyrenees. It could be Spain. No, Midi Pyrenees is France. Mm-hmm. Uh, $55, no comment. Hey, you Russell- know, can I just say something about a French guy? Yeah. So this is French guy at the market. Here in Austin. And, you know, these French guys, they don't, don't the talk. The farmer's market or the regular market? The farmer's market. Yeah. And uh, they don't really talk, you know, but it was raining and everything. And, and uh, I wanted to buy some beef, and he didn't have any. Uh, he said, I don't sell beef. So what do you got? I got some. You want red meat? I said, yeah, have some duck. And Mickey's, like, nose was like, hmm. I'm like, well, what should we do? And this guy starts talking about how to make this. And all of a sudden, he's like, yes, I'm from Bordeaux. And, uh, you know, all my ducks and chickens, I have to smuggle them in from Canada because they have no GMO. And it was really fascinating. And he suggested that first I put some uh, balsamic vinegar that I kind of, uh, you know, that I, I, uh, I fried up and then add some um, fig preserve. And then he said that way the duck would just be fantastic. Did you buy the duck? Yeah, of course I did. Why would Mickey turn her nose up at duck? Duck is fantastic. Yeah, I'm just saying. But it, it was interesting that... <clears throat> I guess they don't need duck, duck in Holland. I guess what, No, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, the French guys are very reserved and very quiet, and they don't say a lot, but then you, know, you get them talking, and you kind of get into the conversation, then all of a sudden he's talking about his illegal uh, importation. Illegal ducks. <laughs> ducks he's bringing in because he got no GMOs. Yeah, was like, he, has, he had blue, because they're heirloom chickens. He, had, uh, he has chickens and ducks. And he had bluefoot, I think it's bluefoot chickens. Does that ring a bell? I don't Not to me. I mean, Mimi might know. She keeps up with all the chicken breeds. Yeah, isn't she releasing her egg book? 
It's coming out. It's almost you got two chapters left to finish. Wow. Bluefoot Chicken. Yeah. Let me look in the book of knowledge Bluefoot. real quick. <laughs> well, let me play the jingle, though. Bluefoot Chicken. Yeah, it's a Canadian breed of chicken bred to resemble the French chicken, the poulet, the yeah, breast, yeah. the Bresson chicken, which, is, by the way, is the Outstanding. greatest chicken yes. in the world. Uh-huh. I was in a place in Germany once and got brought one of those things. Oh, the Bresson, the Bresson, the poulet, the Bresson. So, yeah, no, so this guy, you should have got his card. I don't need his card. I know where to find him. Mickey just sent me a text message. He said, hey. Don't talk to talk. Don't talk to, talk about me like that. Like I turned up my nose. Well, she did. I saw it. She because I looked at her. She went like oh, duck. Really? But then when the guy started talking about it, we got really got into it. So several breeders who have been relocated to California, allowing the breed to survive and flourish in the U.S. No, he said that the the Gitmo cops came in and uh, and they basically just took away all these chi- not his, but uh, you can't get bluefoot chickens in uh, North America uh, in the United States only in Canada. That's not true anymore. In wake of the Canadian cull, it was a cull. They uh, killed them all. Uh. All stocks remaining are now in California. And they're GMO. And the blue, I don't know yeah, about that's that. Yeah, that's what he says. Well, He's, that could be a, that could be bull crap. Usually people who, I tell you this, people who do heirloom breeds of anything are really not doing any GMO anything. No, he's not. No, nobody is. I mean, I don't believe these Bluefoot Californians are, are GMO'd. I well, think I, you may be wrong. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, it's called now the California Bluefoot. I'm I'm happy with my French connection, and uh, the guy will probably be gone next week because someone listened to this show was like, "Hey, hey, let's go down to Fourth and Lamar. We got us a frog who's got <laughs> illegal, illegal birds. Come on, come on, Butch, let's go get us that frog." Is this your tech, your version of a Texan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russell Smith and Running <laughs> to back to our. Excuse me, back to the donation list yeah. after discussing Mr. Craft. Intermezzo. Uh, Russell Smith in Huntington something. Uh, he's in Cam, Cam, I don't know, it says, says Cams. Uh, 5342, Russell from Gitmo Nation East, looking for a spot of 40th birthday karma on the 11th. So yeah, that's today. Give him a karma. Yeah, and he's on the list, of course. You've got karma. I guess I was just saying it just, you know, hey, French guys, you know, we don't hate you. We, we Not only do we appreciate any donation, but you can pony up, you know. We know you're listening. Yeah, no, and we, uh, you know, and we, all the food, any food tip you have is it's welcome. appreciated, yeah. You know, I will check in on French Thursday. French do like to put fruit with their meat. Yeah, I will check in on Thursday after we've tried the recipe. Okay, well. Uh, you, duck can be, by the way, duck can be slightly, uh, you, you don't want to overcook a duck. You, you actually want, no, it has, you, want slight, it, you want it red. You want it red. A little rareness in the breast. Yeah. Don't read the name here. Read the, uh, kiss cut. Well, I'm just reading, uh, Tristan Kerrigan, Wilson Kerrigan <sighs> in Padbury. Yeah. Okay. Hey, firstly refer to me as kiss cut. No, that's different. I'm talking about Kristen Kerrigan. Oh, okay. The Padbury, the, the Kerrigan, the oh, Tristans. The, the, the Tristans. From ones in Wagga Wagga. Right. And the others, you know, I'm sorry. Things. My mistake. Yeah, Kiss Cut and Centurion uh, Gauting. Um, I don't want my boss hearing my name as I know he listens. <laughs> it's been a while since I donated. I was on the $5 a month block. Wait a minute. Why wouldn't, you want, stopped. why wouldn't you want your boss to know if he listens to? Isn't that cool? You could give your boss a shout out. I don't it's understand. At work hours. Mm. Oh. Also, a call out non donating South Africans as a cheap ass bunch of douchebags. Douche <laughs> <laughs> I get your money's worth for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
he's also complaining about the, uh, just on a side note, uh, we do have these problems with PayPal. We have one that's been really somewhat weird. We got Dave Koss, who uh, had a 3333 monthly subscription, and he all and of a sudden... Said, and the PayPal tells him that we canceled, canceled it. it. Yeah, that's bull crap. You know what? I, I finally was thinking about that today because that's been going back and forth. I think what it might be is the following. We are not like the typical, you know, whatever you do, track them down and keep charging them, which you can actually, there's a box damn near you can check on PayPal. If your uh, card changes anything like the and changes every two years or every year for some people. Yeah, it expires. Yeah. It gets killed. Yeah. And so that they blame us. Because we check the box that that's what that's what you, that's we check that box, which is the amenable box, which means we're not going to tr- try to screw anybody by making them continue to pay forever. Uh, so oh, it's so it's our fault then. Screw. So then it's so automatically it's our, our fault. fault. And they, but I think it's unfair for PayPal to blame us in such yeah. in the way that they do. It makes it look like it makes it look know, like eh. we're douchebags. We look like us, makes us look like douchebags. Yeah. It should be you've been canceled by rule. Or by, yeah. By rule. Yeah, well, or something like because these guys don't want to screw you, you know. Well, they're not going to do that. Or how about a heads up, you know. It's like, well, you know, if you'd like to continue your your subscription is what it's called, then, uh, you know, say yeah, yes. Give them a shot at it. Say, hey, yeah. would you like to continue with the new card? That's what they should do. Yeah. But they don't. That's yeah. what bothers me. Uh, yeah, it's very bothersome. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, not to belabor the point, I'm sure it's boring to some people, but it's not boring to us. We had, like, when we started doing the show, we had this, you know, just a PayPal account that I had, and we just, yeah. you know, started collecting uh, on that, and then uh, we switched to the No Agenda account, a specific account for our show, so we don't have to worry about mixing numbers, and the IRS hates that kind of thing. Right. And once we did that, the other one just essentially just has a bunch of old uh, subscriptions that still go into it. And it's down to almost nothing. Yeah, they just all went away. The subscriptions have all expired yeah. because of this method that we... Uh, eh. anyway. well, and, well, the upsetting thing is, of course, that it's really the, the monthly donations that give us a base. Um, it's probably about, what would you say, 20%? Of, I think it's on some t- times when we have a bad week, it's 30 and 30, 40%. Yeah. Right. And but that but, yeah. you just see that diminish over time. It just it yeah. just goes away. Well, a bit so. Yeah, if we stop doing the show, their money would just. I mean, it would be. It just it just unless you keep hounding people and mentioning that you're. If you go check your five dollars subscription, you're going to discover that you don't have a five dollars subscription. Yeah, it's gone. I'd say that at least half the people have lost their subscription. Yeah, and which is bad because people think that they're supporting the show and actually they're not. Right. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Well, that. on that happy note, thank you none all so much. Complaining, <laughs> and I, but no. The uh, I, I will say once again, thank you very much to our anonymous donor. Uh, I will say that he's from Florida, and uh, that was a beautiful thing. And uh, uh, I hope that we have more people of this ilk who can contribute in this amount because it makes me happy and motivates me. I don't know about you, but I get really motivated when we have a, a good show this way. And I and then I, I I'm happy to go and read bills and look at C-SPAN again and and uh, give up uh, some form of a of a life because honestly I've noticed with the South by Southwest thing like you know we've been we we've gone out we've gone into town like three times this week it's it's horrible I spent all this time <laughs> catching up I'm tired. I get uh, I feel sick because I'm around people you know I'm, oh, I, yeah, I, you I get have sick no resistance. And let me just say one thing about South by Southwest. 
Uh, and because just I remembered this. So they have all these stupid gadgets, right? This could they, and everyone's trying to find the great gadget, the great app, whatever it is. Here's the stock answer because you know all these things. I'm like, who needs that? Oh, there's a shopping cart that will follow you around when you're shopping. I said, who needs that? Oh, there's this skateboard that will, uh, it, it, you know, uh, you think go forward and it moves forward. I said, who needs that? Stock answer for all these gadgets you don't need? Well, listen, if you were in a wheelchair, man, you'd really appreciate it. That is now the stock <laughs> That is now the stock answer at South By. If you were in a wheelchair, you'd appreciate it. So everything, <laughs> everything is like... Everything is... Uh, if you were, if, hey, man... If you were in a wheelchair, you'd like this app, okay? So shut up already. Because you can't say anything. What are you going to say? Uh, I'm against people in wheelchairs? No, no. You can't. Yeah, no, that's, the, that's the conversation ender. It's that's the, the buzzkill. It's, shu- it's the shut up line of the day. Shut up line. <laughs> anyway, thank you again. Who to, needs it? By the way, who needs a cart following you around the store? It's creepy. <laughs> uh, I got into the whole conversation, man. Then it was like, well, but, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, then it's cool. Ugh. End of conversation. Pass the bread. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. There was, an, there was another one. It's like you hang this brick around your neck with a sensor in it, and you put your iPad or your iPhone in this little swivel dinghy, and then as you're walking around, presumably you need two hands free to jerk off watching your porn, then if you move around, then the iPad swivels so you always have view of it. I mean, and you're literally wearing a slave necklace. But you know, but you know, if you're in a wheelchair, you'd be very happy with that. Yeah. It's just wow. crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's South by Southwest. The technology portion of it. Uh, anyway, uh, there is one place you can go to check on your subscription uh, and also to donate. And we love our 2012 nights. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Also go to noagendanation.com, uh, mayancoin.com to go check that out, uh, direct link into the store, uh, channeldevorak.com slash N-A, and our uh, website, uh, noagendashow.com. It's your Monday, Monday. I don't know what you Congratulates his uh, new human resource, who will be born tomorrow by a cesarean on the 12th of March. Congratulations. Micah Peters uh, congratulates her husband, Marta. A little bit of special birthday karma there. His birthday is today. Marcia Straub uh, says happy birthday to her husband, Dylan, also celebrating today. And Russell Smith congratulates himself on his big 4-0, celebrating today at the 11th of March. Fernando Yanez turning 20. He turned 28 on the 8th, and we congratulate him. And Opal Coulter. She says happy birthday to herself, and we're very happy for all of you. And thank you for supporting the No Agenda program, the best podcast in the universe. And then we do have a night today, which is nice. So uh, we should uh, probably cross swords here, John. Uh, Very nice. Uh, Carl Barron, step forward, please. And uh, if you wish, our loyal listener, Anonymous. You're more than welcome to step forward, sir. And kneel before us as you have supported the program in the amount of $1,000 or more. This not only gets you the coveted No Agenda Night Ring, but also gives us the opportunity to bestow upon you the title of Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, Sir Carl Barron, Sir Anonymous, the loyal listener, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot bands and booze right here, and wenches and beer. And thank you again. It keeps us going. Wenches and beer. Wenches and beer. And I, I really, I mean, PBS is doing all that stuff now. It's like I watch the PBS news hours just part of my diet. 
to see uh, if they're propagating the same bull crap. Of course they are. And these days it's like, now we're going to take a break from news hour. So your local station can put two douchebags on who will have a really poorly produce, produced piece about giving you a tote bag in exchange for some money. And it's just, it's not, you know, and it's not, <laughs> not it's, just some money. Some of these things are unbelievable. $500,000. They have a one on KQED locally where they're asking you to give, give your entire estate to them and then they'll lease back to you so you can live in peace without having to pay any rent or anything. Whoa, hold on a second. How does you know that work? This? We can set this up. How does this work? Well, you have to get an estate planner mm-hmm. and essentially you donate your entire everything you own to the station. Yeah. And to, then to they, the podcast. Yeah. Which is nothing. You know, we were donating, but <laughs> every every week is like, hey, the estate payments came in. Let's see. We've got a USB thumb drive. <laughs> <laughs> we got Even some rope and we, yeah. we got some hairpins. Wait a minute, so how does that work? So then we get an annuity from that? Is that how that works? No, no, no. They give the estate to some estate planning. Some, I don't know, there's a middleman involved in this. This is, I think, kind of like those cars for kids, you know, and these things where you give a car to the charity and they they never really collect the card. It goes to some middleman. Anyway, you give your whole estate to them and then they, there's like a buyback, leaseback deal where you, like, I have my house. So I give my house and all my property to the No Agenda podcast, yeah? No, well, in this case, I'll give a house to make it more sense. Yeah, to the No Agenda podcast. We're not going to be able to do that. We, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to explain it in a way that makes sense. Okay. I have a house. I give it to them. They now buy the house and I and put me in the house for free. <laughs> and I get to live in the house until I die. Hey, man, it works if you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> well, so anyway. you know what? There's enough foundations out there, hundreds of billions of dollars, well, hundreds of millions, and I'm sure billions of dollars are given away to bullcrap programming. And some of these people, I think, are listening now. I think we have, I haven't looked at the numbers, I mean, which means nothing. In fact, uh, I can't even get stats anymore on MeVio. The page just doesn't even work. Um, but I have a feeling that 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 we are expanding. That there are people checking in. We have some new listeners every once yeah. in a while. I don't think it's growing as fast as I'd like. It is, is it because we're not uh, not a nonprofit? Which, by the way, we couldn't be a no, nonprofit. No, it would make zero difference. It's just a bunch of paperwork, and it's just a tax night. We're all, we pay. We just we pay taxes on this money. We sure do. And that's that. And it's going. You'd have to do it anyway because it's yeah. going to come out of the nonprofit. You know, I mean, just whatever you keep in there. It's too much. It's a lot of extra work. If we're going to do that, then we'd do something a little more elaborate than you know, like a, a Ponzi, like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, we'd do something that was crooked. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. If we were smart, we like would. Like Clinton. <laughs> so uh, no, we're just like, doing it straight up, <laughs> like Bill. Yeah, we yeah. follow his lead. I mean, there's a guy who knows what he's doing. He knows doing. what he's we're doing. The two yeah. We are idiots. Bitching and moaning about Clinton. <laughs> yeah, we're dumb. We're dumb. <laughs> we are so dumb. Anyway, okay, well, but I'm just saying so, that, you know, yeah. I plan on doing this until I keel over. Well, that could be any minute the way you're going. No. So if you what are you eat? talking about? I'm very healthy. I'm eating duck. You're hanging out at bars, smoking. Uh, the smoking thing. There's that. Well, the Mickey is uh, we're stopping in August. We're quitting. Okay, you did that before, but you know, one of these days it'll work. Well, thanks for the encouragement. So I'm looking at that blue duck. I'm looking at picture. That thing's a blue foot. It's got blue feet. Yeah, that's uh, you know there was some guy and he said, "Hey, what should I call this bird?" 
<laughs> I shall call it blue foot. You, you take and you strip the bird of all its feathers and you cook it and you leave the feet on it as part of the decoration. And they're blue. They're like blue. Cool. It's weird looking. Uh, Eric the Shill actually sent me this clip, which I want. I thought was worth playing. This is up in your neck of the woods, uh, at least your annex up there the, uh, the in uh, Washington. Uh, as the laws are now expanding, and there was something I caught in this report that is the reason why I'm playing it, because you know we know that we live in a Gitmo nation. We already have. Uh, yeah, when the government takes over. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Preppers, you stupid. Hey, lady, pre- look at the, read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, the turn on a podcast. Um, so apparently, you know, you already have to have a, a, a breathalyzer if you've been convicted of a DUI. Yeah, this is a great story. And, this is idiotic. And, and this story, and of course, you know, they always bring in one guy who says, yeah, I think it's great. And then they always bring in a victim, which is very sad. And so I don't want to make light of the fact that, uh, uh this family's 15 year old girl was killed by a DUI by a drunk driver, essentially. And they showed actually where she was walking. And I have to say it was a dangerous, uh, place to be walking, but yeah, it doesn't matter. That sucks. But listen to what they're doing in addition to the breathalyzer. While legislators in Olympia haggled over how to close a budget shortfall, they agreed on at least one thing, unanimously passing a bill cracking down on people driving under the influence. You can't always stop people from becoming impaired. But this-, this woman, by the way, who's a legislator, she looks like every sexual repressed person you've ever seen in the world in one body. It's just like, ugh. There's a way to stop them from getting behind the wheel and driving. The legislation expanded DUI laws to include huffing, the act of inhaling chemicals to get high. It would also make it tougher to fool an ignition breathalyzer. The new law could force offenders to pay for cameras that prove they're the ones taking the test instead of a sober friend. So um, I'll stop it here. That's enough. Cameras. So now not only will you have to... Uh, to, uh, use a breathalyzer to start your card, but just to make sure it's you, they'll have a camera spying on you. <laughs> just to make sure this is pre-crime, by the way, it's pre-crime. Now, the thing that caught me that that I heard in this report was the term huffing. Yeah, had you ever heard this term huffing? Yeah. And what is huffing? It's breathing like uh, you, you. It's done in different ways. You can spray a bunch of. Uh, some weird like paint into a uh, paper bag and then you breathe in the uh, gas from the paper bag or you can uh, just find some kind of container or just breathing. It's bre- it refers to breathing in uh, fumes. So interestingly enough, if you consult the Book of Knowledge. There's also the Huffington Post, which apparently <laughs> I never read it, but I guess it's all about this. If you consult the Book of Knowledge on huffing, it turns out that, yeah, this is a big problem. But it's a problem among 12-year-olds. Consistently, yeah, it's kids. kids. Yeah, the, the older kids, re- they get E. Here. A recent study has found that dangerous inhalants are the most popular drug among 12-year-olds right now. 12. More kids in this early age bracket than ever before are sniffing everything from glue to nail polish remover. And yes, even gasoline to get high. <laughs> and the results have been absolutely devastating for America's families. So I'm like... Blow out your liver, kids. Dumb. I'm wondering why... Uh, I guess, you, I guess they blow out the liver and then go driving. But why did they slip in that huffing into the because people? Because she's who could, an idiot like uh, these other congresswomen. Well, no, she it, just had, hello, somebody hello, gave her hello. the term and she it, threw it in. She, no, just, no, she didn't, didn't do it. No, onerous. no, no. She didn't do it. It was in the news package. Oh, well, they were idiots. This is <laughs> No, I think there's something going on. Yeah, I don't think so. But it's maybe. Here's mm-hmm. what's going on. They're trying to kill their reporters. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good start. CNN 
has sent at least I, <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen this twice now, but it's yeah. just one I had to record. Yeah, I saw they it. sent some bonehead. They put her in a hazmat suit and sent her to <laughs> Fukushima. Toe protective gear, full facial respirators, and hazmat suits. And then we drove up to the world's worst nuclear accident in 25 years. This is our first look on the ground at the reactors. <laughs> this is the heart of the nuclear problem in Japan. What you're seeing over my shoulder are the reactors. There are four of them. The two that you see over my right shoulder, those are two of the reactors that exploded in the early days of this disaster. When you take a look at the reactors... Hello, hello John. I'm now in my hazmat suit and I am walking into the reactor. This is where the actual uh, meltdown occurred and um, I am, of course, uh, a wave slave from CNN and I won't do anything to get on television and possibly get laid. So, this is, uh, John, how come you're not wearing your hazmat suit? I'm dead. <laughs> that was a good sound effect. I gotta, I gotta use this more often. Uh, <laughs> That's not bad. So the swine flu is... Are you is, talking into a cup, or what are you doing? The swine, I, won't, I can't tell you, it's a hazmat suit. It's okay, a plastic go ahead. So, go ahead. Over and out. Uh, John, um, I think we should go over here and check out the check out the uh, the, the the court. Come on over here. Uh, uh, Curry, Curry, can you uh, pick up one of the rods and see if it feels hot? One see if it feels hot. Let me just check for a second. Yeah, yeah. I got a hot rod in my pants. And that ends that bit. So anyway, they send this woman. I don't know. Does she understand radioactivity at this level? You know, it's not about the dust getting on you so much. It's about the radiation. It's the radiation. As as you walk past the thing, it's unbelievable. Well, I I think they've sent two people. I think CNN has sent two dummies. And both of them, neither one of them are brand names. They're just some person you've never heard of. You don't see Pooper wearing his hat. Here's this. (laughs) I'm just trying to keep him honest. I'm Anderson Pooper for CNN. And now Sanjay Gupta. You don't see Pooper wearing the suit. No. Um, There is, you know, so this whole report, which I saw, they were promoing it quite a lot. I got to say, you know, I I know nothing about nothing and really anything. I'm totally uneducated douchebag. But I think this is just more fear mongering about nuclear Oh, yeah. No, I think there's that element. I'm not going to disagree with your basic thesis that, they, you know, we're doing anything we can to 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 uh, discredit, uh, discredit nuclear. And there was a report that um, now and this is actually alternative news, which, you know, could be the Enviro reporter dot com, which I you know, question, uh, you know, uh, there is now six point seven times the radiation measured in Los Angeles than normal. And they're saying this, of course, is a Fukushima radiation that has uh, drifted across. Yeah, you know, I, I got to question this. I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not on board. It's a ways away. Hey, let's talk about vaccines for a second. Or in gen- just some, um, uh, some big pharma news, because I hate them as much as I hate our douchebag idiot politicians. And I, use, I don't use the word hate lightly. Um, in the never-ending quest... To continue. You're not a hater. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't know about that. In our never-ending quest, uh, the pharmaceuticals' never-ending ending quest to uh, recategorize their uh, out-of-patent chemicals. Of course, we've seen Lipitor, uh, which is a uh, 
cholesterol drug, uh, which has gone out of patent. We've seen Lipitor being, you know, working miracles on Alzheimer's, trying to get that reclassified. Then we have propranolol. Propranolol is a beta blocker. Uh, so that uh, is a blood pressure drug. Guess what they found now? You're going to love this. So this is, you know, it's out of patent, so anyone can make it. Researchers have found that people who took propranolol scored significantly lower on a standard test used to detect sub- subconscious racial attitudes. What? <laughs> And from the Telegraph in the UK, blood pressure drug reduces built-in racism. It's an anti-racist what? drug. Yeah. Blood pressure? Medicine, a drug, reduces yeah. built-in racism. No, I mean, no, but high blood pressure itself creates racism? No, this drug, this drug that they're trying to reclassify into the anti-hate blacky or hate whitey drug, uh, apparently, like when you take this uh, to lower your blood pressure... Uh, it has a wonderful side effect of you n- becoming unracist. <laughs> uh, who comes up with this? Researchers. Now, this is a gem. <laughs> Researchers. This took a lot of research. <laughs> Let's what the hell out. can we do? Hold I don't on. know. Oh. What are we going to do? We're screwed. Yeah, we can't. I got an idea. <laughs> what is the test, by they the way? They won't see this one coming. What is the te- What is the? Ra- I'd like to take the racial test. Here, the beta blocker drug can reduce subconscious racism. Oh, Oxford University. Oxford University did this test, John. This, this is a, it's called the, oh, the implicit association test. And if you click on that link, I get no study session, stack trace, java.lang.exception, no study test. That's too bad. Their servlet broke. Wow. Maybe we can, let's Google this. Let's take this test. What's let's, the name of it? The Implicit Association Test, okay. designed to test subtle and spontaneous biased behavior. Wow. I never heard of a this. Bunch. I used to be a test administrator. Uh, amongst your many at, other talents. At the, I know it's weird, huh? Impl- the implicit, it, was, it was a job you did on weekends. Implicit. I, so I gave all these different tests, including, and I know a lot about these tests, like the Minnesota Multiphase Inventory, which I think is the most interesting of all the tests, which is actually illegal to give in the United States if you're an employer, but everybody gives it. Nobody seems oh, to. Oh, really? You're not, they do it even though it's illegal? Oh, yeah. Big time. Go to the demonstration test from Harvard. Implicit. Harvard, Harvard. Implicit Association Test. Okay, uh, age... Oh, Demonstration. So, select a test. Hold on, select a test. Do they have a racial one? Uh, sexuality... Race. Race. I got religion, native, Asian... What should I, I do? See... I'll, race, here. Where? Oh, at the bottom. No, it's halfway through. Mine's at the bottom. It says race, IAT. The IAT requires ability to distinguish... Oh, mine's halfway full. Oh, okay, halfway through. All right, race, oh, AIT. Click here to begin. Oh, let's do this. this uh, I'm liking this. It's the same test. Oh, my goodness. I got a full page. You have opted to complete the African-American, um, European-American IAT. Well, I wonder, you know, I bet you they're, mar- I bet you they're uh, uh, randomizing where they put it on the thing just because people randomly pick one. Okay. Which statement best describes you? I strongly prefer European-Americans to African-Americans. <laughs> what is this test? I slightly prefer European. I don't know how about I, I don't, have like a whole thing I got to fill out first. Oh really? I don't have. I'm I'm straight in, baby. Oh, right. you got a better link than I did. So I don't prefer anybody. How, there's, there's there's no. I don't prefer anybody to anybody. 
You can only choose preferences. This is rigged. It's rigged. Which statement best describes you? I strongly prefer European Americans to African Americans. I moderately prefer European Americans to African Americans. I slightly prefer... Oh, here it is. I like European Americans and African Americans equally. There you go. Please rate how warm or cold you feel towards the following groups. Zero is coldest feeling. Five neutral. Ten the warmest. African Americans. What do you mean warm? Neutral. Aha, I went back and I and I uh, I banged on the refresh and I got when the racing moved to the middle I clicked on it and now I'm in the same but my questions are like I never regret my decisions. How about this? I'd like to have friends who are unpredictable. Yeah, well hold on a second. Yes. Strongly agree. I don't like situations that are uncertain. Strongly disagree. I am not a safe driver when I exceed the speed limit. Moderately disagree. I'm not particularly good at making other people like me. Strongly agree. I think of myself as someone who is depressed or blue. Mm, moderately disagree. I've never dropped litter on the street. Well, strongly disagree, I guess. I think of myself as someone who tends to be quiet. Disagree strongly. I don't like to go into a situation without knowing what I can expect from it. Um, I'll moderately disagree. I always obey laws, even if I'm unlikely to get caught. Strongly disagree. Oh, and they switched the order, by the way. Interesting. I never cover up my mistakes. I strongly agree. Now, that's just to see if you're reading the test. Yeah, okay. The problem Please is a lot of people, when sex, they take these tests male, and they switch the order, they still age. click on, now they click on the wrong answer and it screws up the test and nobody ever says anything. Right. I hate it when you have to scroll down five times for age. Ethnicity, Hispanic or Latino, not Hispanic or Latino, really. Race, what am I? White? I guess. I guess. How many IATs have you proved to perform? Zero. Political identity. What am I? Strongly conservative? What, what's the options? Moderately conservative, slightly neutral. I think neutral. I have no agenda. I think you go neutral. Neutral. Occupation. Uh, right. Unemployed. Religious affiliation. Uh, new age. Hindu. Unaffiliated atheist. Unaffiliated agnostic. I think agnostic is better. Education. Um, some college. Major field of study that held your highest degree. Douchebaggery. Communications. Country. Primary citizenship. USA. We're almost done. Country of residence, USA. Current postal code. Hmm. I don't like doing that, but I will. And where I've lived the longest, postal code, uh, Jersey. So that's, uh, what was New Jersey again? Uh, what's the New Jersey postal code? I, you know, I'm taking this test with you, and I've got a completely different test with a bunch of things i got to do on the screen. i got to move the mouse around. Oh, really? I've just got questions. Let's see. Oh, here we go. What? Next test, you'll be presented with words. Oh, this is stupid. You'll be here forever. You yeah. Take have... it later, and we'll discuss the answers we got on the next show. There's other things to do. We certainly have other things to do. Well, anyway, uh, what we should do is we should try this test and then try it again after popping a few pills of uh, this uh, beta blocker and see if we... I uh, think having a couple of glasses of cognac. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, something very interesting 
the co-author of uh, the autism vaccine MMR paper. Remember that? So we had Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Remember that guy who everyone ridiculed and there's no right, science. Right. right. They, 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 they ran him out of town on a rail. So his co-author of that paper, Professor John Walker Smith, won an appeal against Gitmo Nation East General Medical Council Regulatory Board that had ruled against both him and Wakefield for their roles in the 1998 MMR paper. And they've completely overturned the entire ruling, restoring him back to full credibility. Ah, and like that was reported in the news. No, no, of course not. New York Times here. Yeah, that should be in the New York Times. This is important stuff. It should be in the New York Times. Of course not. not. I don't see it. Of course not. Whoa! (laughs) I heard a rotary phone fall. And actually, you have a rotary phone there, don't you? No, that was the bell. That the slide whistle slid off the printer, which had the newspaper on top of it that I was trying to pull out from under. And the slide whistle slides down the printer I'm, and hits the rotary bell. I have never seen your office, but I'm worried that one day you will pull out the <laughs> wrong be thing. Found. You will be buried. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of stuff in this office. Every once in a while, um, my daughter cleans it up for me. Oh, so let's play a clip or two before yeah, we good get idea. too far. Good idea. Good idea. What I you got? got one for you here. So I'm ro- watching this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in that. We'll talk about SOPA and PIP in a minute, but they, there was a bunch of uh, testimony for different kinds of you know, anti-piracy. So they brought it forward. This guy, Larry Conrad, the CIO of the University of North Carolina, who's, gonna, who's made a long discussion about how they're trying to change students' habits and all the rest of it. But just play the uh, education opportunity thing, and then they don't, he doesn't really read anything from his slideshow, so I have to go back and read something for you after he's finished. ...steps of the, uh, of the Hall Pass program. The, uh, the basic program is to comply with, uh, with the, high, the high edu- Higher Education Opportunity Act of 2008, and you heard the three components that were involved with that. The Hall Pass program is focused on uh, number one and number two. The uh, number three issue, I think as Joe pointed out, uh, there's some promising developments. Uh, those things go beyond things things that CILs can uh, can necessarily address. Where's your whole past slave? Okay. So what so let me just read you section the first and second and also the third thing. You know what I In thought? The high, he doesn't mention him. He just puts it up on the screen but I so I had to write it down. The Higher Education Opportunity Act. Oh. Of 2008. This is a, I think somebody, they're passing this law about, you know, about trying to bust uh, Barack Obama for creating these wars or doing these wars. They should bust Congress for these, naming these bills. Let me just read the two items. This is the Higher Opportunity, the Higher Education Opportunity Act. One, disclose the illegality of file sharing copyrighted material annually. (laughs) This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. Number two, have a plan to effectively combat illegal content sharing. Another opportunity. And three offer alternatives. What is this got to do with higher education opportunity? 
I thought it was a hall pass if you have to go number one or number two. I misunderstood what he was saying. I'm like, well, I, got, ha- <laughs> I got a hall, hall pass, pass for number one. It's a complicated issue in itself. Yeah. So well, we do have a clip that we could play at the end of the show, which is Chris Dodd explaining something very important. Uh, what, you, about, how long is it? It's five minutes. Uh, well, is but, it something we want to respond to? I'm happy to listen no, to it. It's, here's what we, I, I already have what we can respond to. Let's talk about the Utah attorney general who stood in front of all these attorney generals and gave his little talk bitching and moaning about how soap and Pippa got shot down after he'd written an editorial saying it was so great. And he kind of discusses how it happened. And I think this is one of the most important clips. It's a little long that we've ever played because for the first time ever, apparently... A slam dunk, which is what Chris Dodd talks about, which makes the Chris Dodd clip interesting. The SOPA and PIPA bills were slam dunks. Everybody in committee said, let's do it. Everybody in Congress said, let's do it. But they didn't do it because the Internet actually got a bunch of public relations going and it it shot it down. It was a, it's the first time that I know that it's happened to such an extreme. Let's listen to the Utah Attorney General bitching about being attacked over Sopa Pippa by his own kids. Questions? Rob? Yes, General uh, Sir, uh, Shirtliff. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I just, I'm going to let you use uh, an acronym that I coined. Uh, P2P is good. Peer-to-peer is, is sharing is good. Sharing information. What we're concerned about is what I call P2P3P. Peer-to-peer piracy, privacy, and pornography. So, um, and since before Grokster decision, which many of us who were here in 2005 obviously joined in on an amicus brief and support, but we've been looking in Utah ways to try and uh, better protect those uh, whose intellectual property is being stolen. And it's still a big problem, obviously, hence SOPA PIPA. Uh, But my view of of what happened uh, there and seeing my members of my delegation who completely turned around was this was this extremely well orchestrated internet based uh, false mis- uh, misinformation uh, about what oh, Soap and Pippa did. We knew it wasn't perfect, but the lies that were told online uh, is what killed it. And then a, a very well orchestrated internet campaign to label anybody in support of Soap and Pippa, whether they're legislators or attorneys general who wrote. Uh, op-eds in support of SOPA PIPA as people who were anti-free speech, who wanted to censor the Internet, who wanted to cripple an innovative economy on the Internet. Uh, Even my own kids hearing, teenagers hearing this came down on me for being against free speech and against the Internet. Uh, I'm looking right now by a major a major corporation who have representatives in this room with their end piracy, not liberty mantra. Uh, and, you know, telling people to contact Congress and stop censorship of the Internet. I guarantee you that as AGs go forward, and I'm inclined to do so, I'll tell you right now, you go forward with efforts to hold ISPs responsible in some ways for what's going on, Ah. uh, that we will face the same attacks. So anyway, so he's whining. Yeah. Hey, my kids called me a douchebag. Yeah, and he, yeah, his kids. He never said that he changed their minds. By the way, hey, you know so, what? Drone those kids is legal. So he's just uh, he, he apparently was very vested. This guy in Utah because he's so important to the Hollywood, so important to him. But what got me, and he talks about lies, 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 which is bull crap because this has been very deeply studied by the technologists as a as a 
couple of pieces of crap. But I, the one is a little short clip. He says right here, the second one, Utah AG Sopa. He makes this this claim, and every time he I hear this claim, I just cringe. Appreciate that, and as uh, just what I as I've been thinking through when it became this, uh, you know, Silicon Valley versus Hollywood and and big companies and big, you know, is the is are the are the literally millions of artists, young struggling, uh, who who the ones who are truly being injured on this, and they and their voice <laughs> need to be heard. Uh, if I could just give one plug, and he didn't put me up this, I'll embarrass him. But you know, Van Stevenson has been working with us for well, I've twelve years now, and uh, he's he's a he's great. He's not getting a pay raise. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> if we can keep working with him, that'd be great. If nothing else. Uh, he does a great, great job. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of douchebags. The struggling so artists. Bull- struggling artists are screwed. They have to sign their copyrights away. Anyone who's a writer or an artist who does any of this stuff already knows this is a lie. This is an out-and-out blatant lie by the Utah Attorney General. The struggling artists are already screwed by the system. It's these guys who buy up the copyrights and require you. You want to work here? Sign your copyrights away, kid. So This is just a bla- this guy should be this guy should be embarrassed. Let me uh, just weigh in on this. There's so much to say. There must be an understanding that the I I know the, the music business very very well. And this was always a cabal, and it was based upon distribution. And, and when the distribution falls apart, everything falls apart. It's just that is the way a market works. And there are a couple of things, that, that directions that we have to look to. And you are absolutely right. There is no way, no way, unless you are an Illuminati slave, because that's the only people making money. I'm looking at you, P. Diddy, Rihanna, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, these MK Ultra uh, kids. And P. Diddy is also it's just a sad, sad, sad little monarch child who are only uh, in existence and have money to program children uh, that uh, this. You know, what they're doing is good and they've got all their evil, all seeing eye signals and their big monarch butterflies. And that's complete programming. Otherwise, there is no money to be made like it used to be. Now, there's good news. And we actually talked about this before the show started. Because of the MP3 revolution, which is probably the worst thing ever to happen to recorded music. Your brain spends so much time decoding what you're hearing. It's a 10 to 1 compression ratio. It's the equivalent of putting a cheesecloth over your ears. You are not hearing it. This is why when kids go to live gigs and they hear a real beautiful um, uh, uncompressed recording, they're blown away. You can still make a living by performing live. But that's it. It's over. The millions, forget about it. This has only been around for 50, 60 years because of a distribution system. So either accept your vow of poverty and enjoy life, but please, please don't think that you can make money anymore in the music business. Two ways to go. You become an Illuminati slave or you perform live and enrich people's lives and you live on alms, which by the way, I think I think a lot of guys who I see performing in Austin are probably doing about the same that you and I are doing, John, on the show. And it's you know, passers by, hand out money. 
you know, you do it enough and then you, you build up a little reputation. You can make it, you can make a living, but it's not. Yeah, and I, I play music. <laughs> <laughs> I would not even drop a quarter in your, in your hat for that. You might if I kept playing. Yeah. So forget about it. Just forget. And if your kids are watching that, I, I hate the sound. You know, I, I know I'm sounding like my parents, but it's crap. The P. Diddy crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's crap. That's about time you came up with that Where one. are the love songs? It's crap. Yeah, somebody brought that up. At, uh, I the did. Where are the love songs? It's love crap. Songs. A lot of people do. All you hear is the rain man cometh. That's another Illuminati sign. Um, umbrella, Illuminati sign. They all got their three fingers in the air. With They're looking through the, their, their, their ring and their index finger and thumb. It's all satanic bullcrap, and they're programming your kids. And music videos, I'm happy MTV doesn't play music videos anymore because they're putting stuff in it that turns your kids into zombies. And, I'm, and I know what I'm talking about here. I think I have some credentials in this area. You have cred. I got, I got cred. Yeah, standing. I also have crud. Well, that's a different story. And the good news is there will be a No Agenda producer update on the stream right after this program ends with a little pre-show before that, so you can make sure you listen to all of that stuff. We'll be winding up with our final show clip of Chris D- Douchebag Dodd. I can't wait to hear that. He actually makes uh, logical sense, uh, and you can tell that they should take more long-term Congress people that have been in there forever and know the ropes. And they're trying to get legislation passed and make them the head of these operations. He's a lot better than Jack Valenti, even though he's still just another white-haired douchebag. Yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, yes. Uh, artists, the noagendaartgenerator.com uh, is still open. Noagendaartgenerator.com is still open. And you know we give you full credits in the show notes these days, so... If you got something for the show, we'd highly appreciate that. And we will be back, come rain or shine, regardless of what manipulation they do to our weather, on Thursday with another program. Keep us in your dreams. Keep supporting the program, the best podcast in the universe. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we ask the question, what's up with this weather? I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. The problem of piracy continues to persist. General Hood and I have been working on this for how long now? Jim, four years at least. And by the way, he's been a tremendous leader on this whole topic, including especially the issue of piracy on campus. So I'm really glad you could be here for this, Jim. But MPAA, uh, or Senator Dodd, any thoughts on where we go next with SOPA? Well, no, listen, I mean, is this on? There it is. Uh, it was a threshold event. I mean, I think in, in, uh, in watching events, as many of you have, not all of it, and how a bill becomes law. I mean, normally, if you looked at this process, you had a unanimous vote out of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Democrats and Republicans agreeing with the, the bill that uh, Senator Leahy and Senator Hatch originally worked on. Uh, the House had a similar situation, not quite as unanimous, uh, but, but I think any of us would be hard-pressed to name another issue. In the last four or five years, we had that degree of unanimity uh, around a subject matter. Uh, and that is to try and come up with answers to deal with foreign sites. Because all of you know we've had domestic legislation to deal with domestic sites. In fact, have shut down some 300 or so in the last year or two. Uh, but obviously the criminals have learned very quickly uh, that if they can get outside the shores of the 
United States, then they'd be on the reach of the law and are able to, uh, are able to uh, avoid uh, the kind of, uh, of efforts that have been made domestically. Uh, and again, I, I great respect uh, for, for uh, Lamar Smith and for Howard Berman, who led the effort in the House. Uh, but I think, candidly, the, the legislation had some issues that needed to be addressed and, and thought through. But normally you do that. You'll have a bill introduced, and then through a, an amendment process, you get back to a point where uh, people decide this is a workable solution to move forward. Uh, this took on a whole new life, obviously, within a space of eight or ten days. You had between eight and ten million emails that came flooding in. And a lot of it was about freedom of speech. Uh, the terms of the debate changed. You globalized an issue that you would have been hard-pressed to find 20 people interested in the subject matter uh, of copyright prior to that. Uh, and then, candidly, uh, the opportunity for to respond was almost uh, eliminated entirely. But the issue doesn't go away, as you've heard from the panelists and others today looking for solutions to this. Uh, I don't believe anything will happen in the remainder of this year. Again, election year politics are always difficult at any level. And the idea of having another issue come up like this is probably unwise, although I'd leave it up to the members of, of Congress to decide that issue. But my guess would be uh, that they would not try to move forward right now. Uh, but there are efforts underway, and we need to try and to find a solution uh, to the issue. My hope is that we can get, and I mentioned this briefly in my remarks, that this does require a level of cooperation, obviously, between the technology community and the content community. Both need each other. The idea that technology can exist without content or content will exist without technology is sort of ludicrous on its face, uh, it seems to me. And particularly when you consider the value to us in this country. Uh, well, we didn't talk about these numbers today in the context of this, and I realize they're not highly persuasive. Uh, but there's a lot of misinformation uh, about the film and television industry. This industry employs 2.2 million people every day. Now, some are selling popcorn and others are making a lot of money at another end. But an average salary is $55,000 a year. Good pensions, good health care benefits uh, as a result in the industry. Uh, we bring back more revenues to the United States than aerospace, agriculture, or automobiles. Uh, it's a product that the world enjoys, uh, even those who aren't necessarily our friends around the world. Uh, given the choice between watching uh, a product made by uh, the film and television industry anywhere else in the world would choose the American product. And so there's a lot more at stake here. This is an industry in which you uh, can have a high school diploma and a year or two of technical training get a very good job in this industry. I think any of us would be hard-pressed to name another industry where that kind of opportunity exists without having a completed a college education or even beyond to get a good job. Now, again, those aren't persuasive statistics because, again, as uh, I think Rick pointed out, people see this as a victimless kind of crop. Uh, how much harm can I really cause if I'm stealing uh, a film or a television product from what we perceive as overpaid people in this business? And yet I think if more people are aware, uh, how many average people, uh, the people whose names you're never going to see on a marquee, uh, but watch the credits at the end. Uh, the people in this room standing behind these cameras or operating the sound systems uh, are 98% of the employees in this business. Uh, the 2% that we read about and hear about represent a fraction of the people affected by this industry. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's an important issue. And my hope is that over this gap, if you will, between now and next January, February or so, uh, that people can come together around some solutions for national legislation, memorialize, if need be, or codify uh, ideas that will allow us to move forward in this 21st century where content 
and intellectual property are protected. It is the lifeblood of any country and any ability. In fact, the Internet itself would have been in deep trouble if you had had this attitude about copyright 20 years ago, where the very ideas that gave birth to this remarkable industry would be at risk, in my view. Uh, so we really need some leadership on this issue. And my hope is in these coming weeks and months we'll get it. And I think the idea of SOPA, whatever you're going to call this, I please, by God, they don't call it SOPA. Think of some new name for this, by the way, <laughs> uh, given this has become sort of a mantra uh, almost internationally. Right. My security scan shows it has a grade one priority, Captain. Non-belligerency confirmed. Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A.